So Lutz, Florida's snake murdering. Yeah. Uh, excuse me. Multiple homicide. <laughs> they don't stand a chance. Yeah, they don't. Charles Espenlob, if you could describe your dinner with racers in one word, what would it be? Fing awesome. Fair. I tell him it's two words, but yeah, no, might. I can't count. Yeah, He's got a knife say. on him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now for Dinner with Racers, presented by Continental Tire. With your hosts, Ryan Eversley and Sean Heckman. Placeholder Radio. Racers, put yeah, some man, put man. some life into it, man. Woo! More life. I'm lifeless because I am Sean Heckman and I am Ryan Eversley, and uh, we are currently wrapping up an eight thousand mile journey across the uh, United States of America. And I can't feel my feet anymore. Uh, we are closing up a four week trip. We are just minutes away from Atlanta, Georgia, uh, where we just finished up twelve free meals that you get to listen to. They weren't free for us, no. but they're free for our audience. Uh, but uh, before we give you a little insight into what those were all about, we're actually going to first present a, uh, a little special trip we did back in August. A little six-pack. Yeah, we did a little six-pack, met up with uh, six different people. Now, uh, we've been fortunate enough over the years that we've really kind of expanded our horizons, met with a bunch of people from a bunch of different uh, disciplines of motorsport. But we really wanted to focus on our sports car roots and really kind of celebrate some of the folks that we've known through the years uh, who are, maybe aren't as known, but they're still awesome. And uh, that really should be what this kind of thing is all about. So we made our way down to Tampa, Florida, and we ran into a good buddy of ours, Mr. Charles Espenlob. Charles lives in Lutz, Tampa, and he met us out at La Teresita? La Teresita. La Teresita? It is a Cuban compound. It, might, it is a compound. In Tampa, like, Florida. It is pretty much like they have like a university. They have a restaurant. They have like a, 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 a barracks. A, yeah. <laughs> a runway. Uh, exactly. An armory. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but La Terracita, really, it is like a five-building campus with uh, d- d- grocery and uh, takeout. Yeah, and they, got it, they got it covered on the Cuban food and everything else you'll ever need yeah. inside. What was the name of the singer in the background you guys Oh, hear? Umberto. Umberto! Oh, he did such a great job. There was a dude named Umberto singing around. Literally crooning. And sadly, even though it was a Cuban restaurant, we were there on National Brazilian Blowout Day. Yeah, we didn't plan that. But uh, anyway, so Charles Espenlaub is a guy who's been in sort of the GT side of sports car forever. Yeah. Um, true sort of working guy. Uh, started as a uh, as a guy who kind of wrenched on anything he could wrench on. Eventually exactly. drove. Uh, did the whole driver coaching route uh, until eventually he sort of hooked into a few different programs. Um, and uh, is, as many people know, one of the most hated men in sports car Absolutely. Racing. Because uh, when Patrick Dempsey couldn't drive, they would get Charles. Yeah. So uh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I had the Cuban sandwich. You had the chicken Cuban sandwich. I had the uh, chicken sandwich uh, Cuban style. Oh, okay. the Cuban yeah. chicken yeah. sandwich. Yeah. So some of the things we talked about with Charles. Uh, he's a big outdoor guy, so we talked about alligators and how they are terrible and awful creatures. Those are my words. He tells us about how awful giant snakes are. I believe him. I'm on his side. I'm a, I'm a, I might argue we hear about how awful he is as a, as a person. I don't agree with this. I'm on I'm, his side. I'm, uh, I was thrown for a loop. Um, myself and a few of our friends doing everything we can to try to burn his house down. And possibly the most important thing to pay attention to in this episode. 
He is one of the owners in Safecraft, which uh, is a kind of specialty supplier in a lot of motorsport safety equipment. If you go to safecraftracing.com, you'll notice there's a telephone number there. That's right. And uh, it'll, it'll play itself out in the episode, but just to get it out there now. That is his personal cell that phone. That is his personal cell number. And there may be a contest in place to uh, text that phone number a uh, GIF <laughs> or GIF, depending on what asshole you are. Right. Of uh, Mr. Kenny Powers. Right. And uh, he doesn't think this is going to happen. I don't think he understands the power of the Dinner with Racers audience. And we can't wait to see the reaction when he's getting thousands of text GIFs of Kenny Powers. So once again, safecraftracing.com, <laughs> Kenny Powers GIF, text that phone number, a Kenny Powers GIF. At any time you want. All right. We had sponsors. We do have sponsors. So Continental Tire. All right. Listen. And Acura. Oh, thanks, Tony Stewart, for driving. You guys can't drive a hot nail in a snowbank. All right, we're going to start in five, four, three, two. There he is. There he All is. All right. This guy. Welcome. What's up, brother? How are you? I'm a little stuck. How's it going, man? Nice seeing you again. Ah, such a good looking man. Yep. Wow. It's a lot of handsome. Put it on. That's, that's for you. This is your spot? This is the spot, yeah. You, did, you failed to mention that Umberto Zambrana yeah. sings live here. He doesn't always, he's not always. No, he's a okay, guy. Okay, he is a guy because they have their own commercial on in here. Yeah. And, and he's, he's on featured the in it. That's not yeah. him scuba diving, oh. but when he comes up, I'll let you know. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. We're and pretty he's, excited. Umberto is not just singing. He is into it. That's passion. I mean, he's holding the mic. He's got lovingly. one of those handheld mics from the 50s. Yeah. Looks yeah. awesome. It's got like the big aluminum piece. He's like dipping down with the mic yeah. as he sings. I looked over once and I couldn't see him, but I could hear him. And it was because he was like bent over making love to the microphone mm -hmm. on the floor. Pretty good. I'm that's pretty excited good. about that's this. That's good shit, yeah. <laughs> This is, uh, so yeah, I didn't, I, you know, my I grew up here, obviously. And then my, uh, my aunt married a Cuban guy that was so... My mom's Japanese. I don't know if you know that or not. That's right. I did so know that. Yeah, totally blind. My, I explain the Hawaiian thing. Yeah. Yeah. My, <laughs> my aunt was uh, in Japan, obviously, after the war. My uncle, Mike, Avelio was his name. He was a Cuban guy born here. So they lived here. My mom came to visit them, decided to stay. So she didn't actually learn how to cook Japanese until much later. So she learned how to cook Cuban from Avelio's mom. Okay. Ah, so I grew okay. up eating Cuban food, not German or Japanese so you food. Say you had a German father, a Japanese mother who learned how to cook Cuban. Exactly. <laughs> Makes sense. All that's Florida. So <laughs> there's a bunch of Cuban restaurants that are famous in, in Tampa, and I'd never been to this one until actually just about after college. Okay. And a friend of mine, who's actually my attorney now, uh, he said, hey, let's go to La Teresita. And then it became like a staple. Right? Yeah, this is the place you come on Friday, Saturday night. Yeah, yeah we, we were deciding like what kind of crowd is it. We realized it's for every kind of crowd. It's every. like birthday parties, yeah. post-church. Yeah. Yeah. It's whatever you want it to be. <clears throat> and it's a campus. So, like, we yeah. walked up, we saw the address, we're like, oh, okay, it's a, oh, wait, no, there's a sign that tells you which building yeah. of the four. There's a grocery store, yeah. there's a bakery, there's a diner, mm -hmm. and then there's the restaurant that we're in. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a, a it's whole a, deal. Yeah, this, they, like, own this, this street, This is a basically. compound, yeah. yeah. <laughs> when we looked you up, because we had to do some research, not a lot on you outside of, like, the, the basic racing stuff. So, I guess, for my own interest, childhood of... Charles Espinlob, you know, you're from this area, but you have a German dad, Japanese mom. Mm -hmm. So give us the give us the whole shebang. Uh, born and raised here. Mm -hmm. I was born St. Joseph's Hospital, which is two blocks away. Okay. Is it Lutz or Lutz? We're redneck, proper redneck in Florida, so okay. we call it Lutz. Okay. And that's the way it's always been pronounced since I was a kid. All Obviously, right. the proper German pronunciation is Lutz. Yeah. Apparently, the rednecks that lived, that lived up there and Not had the city named after them or the town. Yeah. Lutz. Lutz. So, yeah, All it's right. Lutz. Small little 
bump on the map up sure. there. But yeah, born and raised, my, my, so my, obviously we know the story. My mom came from Japan shortly after, you know, this was in the 60s, mm -hmm. I guess. Um, my dad, in the meantime, actually was from Germany. Um, Where in Germany? Stuttgart, near Stuttgart. Oh, okay, makes sense. Um, so he was from Germany, uh, apprenticed as a mechanic, actually worked for Mercedes for a few years, and then actually worked for Porsche as a mechanic. Okay. Didn't like Germany, didn't like the cold weather, was always trying to do other things. Uh, pilot at heart. Uh -huh. And our whole family background in, in, in Germany's uh, aviation background. Like my great uncle was like the first guy to. Is that Gottlob? Gottlob, yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay. yeah. Famous, yeah. famous guy in Germany, yeah. right? He was famous for like glider technology yeah. and putting like shit, putting rockets, rockets on, on gliders, gliders and stuff. Yeah. They did the first yeah. aero tow. You know, he had an air, he built an airplane and he said, we got a glider. Let's hook them together and tow them up. Right. Before that, they used to just use bungee cords and stuff, you know. <laughs> so that's, you know, right. a very popular way of launching a glider nowadays. So anyway, big aviation background. My dad, his passion, true passion was aviation. Um, obviously, by working with Porsche, he got involved in, in cars and mm -hmm. stuff. He actually was one of the techs they sent over in the 65-ish to start teaching the dealerships how to service the 911. Okay. So uh, he got to this area. He has a cousin that lived down in Naples and stuff. He got to this area and really liked it. Um, Sharp Cadillac was a Porsche dealer here. They offered him a job. Um, funny enough, they, they had a little thing going on with a senator here, and they uh, Dave White. I don't yeah. know if you remember Dave yeah, White. Yeah, yeah, Porsche shop, right? Porsche shop. Yeah. Uh, they got hooked up. They built a 356 for for him, and they went and ran it at Daytona, and it actually ended up beating the Brumos car that year oh, with wow. my dad's motor that he built. Brumos cool. offered him a job, and he's like, I don't like racing. I don't <laughs> I want to go flying, right? <laughs> right, right? So he's constantly trying to figure out how to go flying, um, trying to get a citizenship. He ended up, somebody talked him into, well, if you join the Army, uh, you can fly helicopters right, and get yeah. your citizenship. He's yeah. like, all right. Yeah. You know, sign the paper, and then they said, oh, well, you got to be a citizen before you can be a pilot, so you got to be two years you know, to get your citizenship. Right. And, of course, they shipped him to France. Okay. Which what year, when was this? 19, early 60s, mid-60s, 65, oh, well, five, six. Those are better to go to France <laughs> at that yeah, time Yeah, well, year at that point, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. he couldn't go to Vietnam because he wasn't, he wasn't a citizen. Proper right, American, whatever. Right. Okay. So they sent him to France, which, of course, he doesn't like because it's, A, it's cold, and he's German, so he doesn't like German. the French anyway. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's cold, but he, and he wanted to be in Florida, <laughs> right? So <laughs> now he's two years in France, and he was a, a mechanic on an H-34 helicopter. Yeah. Okay. But it actually ended up making friends with the guys and got to fly and whatever. But he would he had a little Porsche, and he would drive back Saturday morning early when they got out. He'd drive all the way back, fly the gliders for the day, and then drive all the way back to Verdun, which is like a five-hour drive. Okay. Get up the next morning, drive back, you know, on the weekends Jeez. when he had leave. So anyway, he loved gliders. So anyway, he came here, decided to stay, was going to uh, – got, got back out of the Army, worked for Sharp Cadillac, that whole deal. And then uh, he was going through citizenship school. And uh, it was kind of funny. After he passed away, I was going through some of his old stuff, and I found this diary that he had to do for class, right, so to learn, mm -hmm. right? And so he's keeping this diary, and he's like, oh, yeah, today we did this, da-da-da-da-da. And then it was, oh, I met this beautiful woman today. <coughs> you know, her name is Kay. She's Japanese. You know, we really got along. We couldn't speak much English to each other. You know, and, then, and so I'm progressing through this whole the yeah. development of their relationship yeah. and I'm like maybe I shouldn't be reading this <laughs> <laughs> Ho hopefully I don't see something I don't want to know right, but right. then one I came across one that was really funny for me was it's like oh today Kay and I skipped school we went to the beach in Clearwater and had a great day and da -da -da -da. I'm like what I picked up the phone called my mom and yeah. I'm like hey yeah. you owe me a week and she's like why and I said well, when I was in high school I skipped school and you grounded me for a whole week <laughs> you owe me a week <laughs> and I'm like and she's like so and I'm like well in May of such 1967 or whatever you and dad skipped school and went to the beach She's like, oh, yeah, that was a nice day. Okay, you can have your week back, whatever, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so anyway, that's kind of how they met. And yeah. uh, 
you know, I showed up shortly thereafter. Mm -hmm. um, Dad, uh, you know, he had his own shop here, and then eventually, you know, he worked on 356s and Volkswagens right at the house, you know, where that yeah. is. Yeah. Um, and uh, had a glider operation, started the Tampa Bay Soaring Society, and oh, cool. uh, his passion was obviously flying. Yeah, I think right. And I liked it, and, you know, I flew learned how to fly gliders and planes and stuff as I was a kid. And as I got a little older and then, you know, being around Porsches all the time, I, you know, started yeah, working on the them, bug, and right. I got the bug. Literally, yeah. I got my own bug when I was, like, 11. I bought, bought it for, like, 50 bucks and had plywood floors, and I sat on a bucket and learned how to drive up and down our driveway. Right. So awesome. anyway, I learned uh, cars and stuff, and, you know, as soon as I – Got a license. I had cars, and then I could go do things, and started racing with my, all my buddies around here. And yeah, you, you, would you go drag racing? Is that what yeah, you guys well, do? Yeah, yeah. Well, we would race everywhere, but uh, mostly it was drag racing, yeah. whatever we could do. And you know, back then, up where we lived, there was a bunch of empty roads, and sure. there's a, a yeah. really good road up there called Crenshaw Lake Road. Okay. okay. And we'd race down that road. And, you know, before I knew anything about racing, we were I mean, already it was public taking road, roads. but obviously it was closed off. Yeah, police had been there. Yeah, yeah I mean it was sure. yeah, right. Yeah, 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 right. Totally not recommended. However, I will say back then there wasn't that many cars on the road, so yeah, and we all survived, sure. so it couldn't have been too bad. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, we take notes, tire pressures, and we try different things, change you know all kinds of stuff to you know make cars go better. Right. And I kind of really, my passion was got to be cars and racing. Yeah. And yeah. Stuff. So I went to college to be an airline pilot. You know, my parents' dream, and I did the thing. And I'm and you went to Embry Riddle. Embry Riddle. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And. Uh, after a while, I'm realizing that I'm out in a parking lot putting a cam in my rabbit <laughs> instead of studying, right, yeah. you know, and doing that kind of stuff. So I graduated, and then it was like, oh, man, I really want to race. But I didn't, you know, know yeah. anything about it. So I actually went to Dave White, who has a shop. It was right up the street from here. And, you know, I'd go there every now and then, and he'd say this and that. And I'm like, how do I get into racing? And he's like, well, you got to do this. you got to get a license. you right. got to da-da-da-da-da. And he goes, it's pretty hard, you know, but, you know, whatever. He goes, why don't you come and help me? I, you know, it was like two weeks before the 12 hour Sebring. Yeah. And he said, why don't you come and help me get some cars ready? You know? So I'm like, yeah. So I'm down there till four in the morning and we're busting butt to right. try and get all the cars ready. We go to Sebring with no sleep, the whole thing. We had a car in Super Cup back then. We had a car in uh, Firehawk, you know, whatever yeah. it was called. I think it was still Firehawk. It might've been Ensign Endurance Challenge sure. back then. But you know, whatever that previous Continental Series was. Right, right. And uh, then we had one in, you know, we had a car and everything, and then a portion in the 12 hours. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it was like we were busting butt all weekend. Yeah. I'm sitting there at the end of the thing, and I'm all tired. And uh, Hans Stuck comes walking down the thing, and he knew Dave, so he stopped right. and talking. I'm sitting there going, oh, my God, it's yeah, Hans Stuck. You know? And I'm like, oh, you know, nice to meet you, this and that, and da 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 <coughs> And he goes, you know, I kind of talked to him for a few minutes, and he goes, you know, we, he kind of was, I give you advice. If you love racing, you should go racing. You will figure it out. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. So I started working for Dave as a mechanic and then tried to figure out, okay, I need to go to a driver's school to get a license. That'll take me about three years to save up exactly. for. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but I had a plan. You know, I was going to save up, do this, that, and the other. And uh, a couple of weeks later, we go to Atlanta and uh, for HSR race or something. Yeah. And I was rolling tires up to get tires thing in the road Atlanta school back then. They had a little tent set up. Yeah. Like Robbie Groff was out there. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're, we're on the yeah. car, car, and this, that, right, blah, blah, blah. Right. And I'm like, huh. And he goes, oh, we're giving the school away. You know, fill out the form. And I'm like, all right. Threw in the fishbowl. Yeah. Two days later, Robillard called me and said, hey, you won this school. Jeff Robillard, my man. <laughs> Love that guy. And I'm like, and I think it was only a, a one-day I think they were giving away a one-day sure. school or something. Yeah. And I'm like, well, can I? Was that in the Nissan still? Nissan. Yeah, the 300. old 300ZX twin turbos. <clears throat> and I said, can I upgrade to, you know, a three-day or a four-day four yeah, race right. school so I can get a license? He's like, yeah, you know, whatever. Da, da, da. Right. And I'm like, all right. So I came home, and I had a. I had one nine. I had a couple 944s that I was working yeah, on. I sold yeah. 944 to get enough money and right. pitched together. And a buddy of mine wanted to go, so I sold him on the deal. And so we drove up and right. went through the school. And so I worked as a mechanic for 
Dave saved up money and then came back and did a lap and day. And then my goal was to get a license, my provisional license for IMSA the next year. So HSR did a school, so I did that. So Dave kind of signed it off. Right, right. And, you know, he knew Raph off, and he uh -huh. kind of put a letter in there. And a lot of guys kind of had that kind yeah. of access, like Gunner and right. some of the others. They were able to kind of go that route go to that save route. from all the other stuff. Yeah. So uh, I did a, uh, you know, that HSR school, and we did HSR race or something. And then right. uh, I made everything look really nice. And yep. Dave said, send it to Mark. And, mm -hmm. da -da -da, da -da -da. and like, you know, a week later, I get this provisional license. I'm like, right on. <laughs> I had never raced sure. in my life. Right, you know? yeah. Why not? Yep. So uh, I sold my other 944, and then uh, a friend of mine, Casey, who's my partner in Safecraft now, he helped me get the helmet and suit and right. all this stuff together. Yeah. And uh, we went to a HSR race at Sebring that March. And uh, he, you know. What, what time of year? Or what, wait, where are we here year-wise? Age 90. That was 96. Okay. So 94, I screwed up after college for a whole year with my buddy who's a doctor now. Good. Because, you know, you got to do that for a year. And then. Got, yeah, so this was 90, 95 I did school, 96 I got my license. So, so my and you're about how old? 20, I was 26 at that time. Okay. And the other option was helicopters. I did go talk to, you know, that little bit of thing. I had some helicopter time, and I'm thinking I love flying helicopters too, and that would be a good alternative mm -hmm. if I couldn't do anything. Right. So I went and talked to the Army, and they are like, oh, yeah, we give you the warrant officer. You get to give us five years. You get to fly helicopters, this and that. And uh, I'm like, okay, well, that's a good option. And I said, well, what am I going to do when I get out of the Army? And for work, helicopter, right. right? So I'm like, oh, you know. I dated a girl. Her dad was the head of the sheriff's department. Uh, so they let me go on. Uh, basically, the, for to be a pilot for the sheriff's department, you have to be on the street for two years as a road deputy. Oh, like, no oh, kidding. Oh. I don't know if yeah. I can do that. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. And then, uh, so they were like, well, go on some ride-alongs. So I went on some ride-alongs <laughs> with the deputies, and I'm right. like, okay, I could do this for a couple of years. Yeah, you know? yeah. So now, I, during your closed-course street racing days, uh, <laughs> had you ever had any run-ins? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, it's... Well, the, the premise to me having to actually go to college was in, in uh, I was going to the community college here, and uh, I lost my license twice, I think. <laughs> wow. In a year. Okay. And then <laughs> no, no, no. Year. You can't just slide past that. Yeah, okay. Right. Yeah. That's so, uh, I had a little Porsche 912. How okay. old are you? Yeah. And, uh, You're how old? This is... Well, I was 19, uh -huh. 20, right. I guess. How was your 912 when you were 19? I did not have a 912, huh. but no. the 912 is the poor man's Porsche. It is. As I call okay. it. No, no, so I'm not is, shitting yeah. on If yeah. I had every 912 that I sold for like $3,000 right now. Right, right, right. Yeah. Anyway. How are you getting the Porsches? Were you building them at the shop? Or? Yeah. 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 That's kind of what I thought say, This came through like yeah. the nature of who you were working with, your right. dad, and that kind yeah. of thing, right? Buying old cars, this and that. Yeah, yeah, Putting pieces and stuff together. It wasn't like these were dealership brand new. Oh, no. Yeah, these were shit boxes. Yeah, $1,500 cars. You said 944 twice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, I, I, I crashed the thing into a pole. <laughs> my buddy, we were racing a guy in a 240. That doesn't just happen. Let's okay. So the it wasn't really all my. F I was being a jackass, obviously. But <laughs> I uh, the, the guy's 240 was pretty quick, and I couldn't quite get him in the straight line, but I could get him in the brakes on. So of course, the last thing before coming to this T-bone thing, I'm like, I'm gonna go deep on the brakes. Yeah, right. I'm, yeah. You know, yeah, hero. I've been I'm a hero for three months. And I'm good. It. Uh, I went to the brakes and it locked the fronts and I'm like, whoa, that's weird. Burr, 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 burr. You know, and I'm like, oh, we're running out of food room. <laughs> okay, it's either go through the wall into the lake. I knew there was a lake on the other side of the concrete wall, yeah. or hit the pole. So I hit the pole. Of course, no seat belts back then. Uh, My buddy and I, the well, windshield. No, no, no. The, the technology of seat belts existed. This wasn't the 50s. Like, yeah. No, but, but well, you weren't required to have them. If there. you're a tough guy, I yeah, yeah. Wired. 
So anyway, my 66 it's the government's fault, by the way. Yeah, this yeah, is how I know exactly. you're a pro driver. Is, uh, it clearly wasn't your fault that you didn't put on your own goddamn seatbelt. <laughs> I, I didn't even have seatbelts in the car. And you're in the business of what now? I was going to say, what is it? Well, that's, that, <laughs> yeah. that actually leads into this. I've okay. survived well, a lot I mean, of we'll, times. Yeah, we'll table that for later. Yeah. But it's... it's uh, <clears throat> I've been lucky. So anyway. <laughs> so we crashed this Porsche. So, you know, it's like, ah, oh, what am I going to do? And I took the motor out and put it in my bug. Okay. Because yeah. that's what you would do. Because that was what do. was left. Right. Because right. yeah. that's the best thing to do. And of course, the thing is pretty fast. Yeah, it'd be yeah. great. And this is, you know, late 80s, so all these kids are buying their Mustangs, and yeah. I basically made a living for about nine months going down to Gandy Bridge here and racing these guys on Saturday night with my little bug. Okay. Right. Right. But it progressed, you know, I put the motor in, and wow, that's pretty good. And of course, it promptly ripped the Volkswagen yeah, training right. out, yeah, which yeah, I had right. like six of, so I just kept shoving those things yeah. in there. <laughs> and then finally, I'm like, eh, I guess I'll put the Porsche training in, which required a lot of cutting and welding. So I right. did that, and then the thing was pretty bulletproof. Okay. And... Uh, yeah, you know, we had fun racing, uh, uh, illegal drag racing on Gandy Bridge. I'm sure the statute of limitations is out at this point. Yeah, you're, you're fine. fine. You're yeah. fine. You're fine. You got that, kids? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not recommended. There's plenty of opportunities now to go race on the track. Sure. So I can see why you two get along. Because No, 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 no not just because you're – but also, like, you didn't, neither of you came from karting. You no. didn't – like, nope. you both came up as mechanics, basically, yeah. who then mm -hmm. kind of fought your way into getting whatever drive you can. So – so it's not like you get an IMSA provisional license and every IMSA opportunity is knocking at your door. Mm -hmm. So what, what's so what's the life of a guy who's wants to be a racer? He's mechanic by trade, but that's not what you want to be doing for a living. Right. So lucky enough, I had money. You know, I got sold the other second 944 and got all the stuff going. So right. then I started like look for a ride. I'm like, oh, I got gonna rent a ride. Yeah. So on Track Magazine back then, I'm yeah. Like okay. flipping through it. And, uh, I can't remember the name of the Honda team had a ride. For a compact, Camp back then they had compact. Which was it real time? No, what he, he knows that real time. <laughs> he knows that. Um, <coughs> I wish I remember because they were around for a while, but then they finally took off. But anyway, I called them first. They had a, some little, uh, I guess CRX or something. It wasn't even that thing. What was that? The Del Sol. Oh yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. yeah. Remember that? Yeah. So Big power. They had Del Sol. I called them up and they're like, Oh yeah, whatever. Send us twenty five hundred bucks. Send us a check. We'll see you at Sebring. And yeah. I'm like, Okay, well, I'll, I'll get back to you. Yeah. So then the other thing was Protomotive, which was Jim Jordan's yep. Mazda yep. team. Yeah. So I called him, and I'm, like, talking to him, and he's asking all these questions. You know, what have you done? Da, yeah. da, 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 yeah. This and that, and blah, blah, blah. And he goes, what have you driven? And I'm like, oh, man, I'm driven, you know, all kinds. I've been, you know, this. <laughs> drove 962, 935, <laughs> 934, uh, you know, Super say, Cup. Say you lied. Oh, I totally, I well, did you, drive you them. You drove those cars. <laughs> well, what tracks you been to? BIR, Seabrook, yeah. Daytona. Yeah. yeah, that's where I drove them. From, from the paddock to the grid. I drove them from the truck over yeah. to the thing, and then I drove them back from pit lane. <laughs> Sometimes I drove them up and down the street. <laughs> and he's like, oh, wow, you've driven some stuff. You know? And I said, yeah, you know, I said, I don't have a lot of races, but I've driven, you know, a lot, yeah. uh, you know, uh, Road America, you know, <laughs> Mid Ohio, because I went all these places that year. You right. Know? I mean, You're not lying. I mean, yeah. So he's like, oh, okay, well, you know, it sounds like this and that. And he goes, well, you know, we'll, we'll, uh, you know it's 2500 bucks, and then there's damage, this and that. And I'm like, okay, you know, great, blah, blah, blah. And I said, okay, I'll get back to you. Mm -hmm. So then right. I went to the dealer, and I went and drove a Del Sol. Right. And then I went and drove a Miata. And I'm like, I like rear-wheel drive better than front drive, but yeah. I did have that rabbit. And, you know, and I'm like, eh, but they asked more questions. They seemed right. cool. And then there was another ad, and I think, I don't remember what it was, car driver or something for same kind of like a Miata ride that it does. So I called that. It turned out to be Joe Jordan, okay. Jim's brother, but they did it like separate. Yeah. So he's <laughs> drilling yeah. me the whole same thing. Right. I'm giving him right. the whole same spiel, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to go with these guys. So I, I Who are these guys? Jimmy Joe. Jimmy Joe Jordan, yeah, right. which their team was Protomotive, which they right. had two Miatas, which back then, you know, they still had stock shocks and right. yeah. interiors in them. And yeah, all yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So I showed up at Sebring, and my said my said my friend Casey took me around. First time I ever saw Sebring was on a, a, a you know, a track tour deal on the right, HSR okay. thing yeah. in the rental car Taurus. If right. I remember correctly. And this is like 
late 90s, 97? 96. Okay. Yeah, so I just got my provisional. Well, you just did it on the simulator, though. <coughs> no. Yeah. yeah, we didn't even have this. <laughs> right. <laughs> YouTube. I had an you Atari. You YouTube. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so, anyway, it, it took me around the track, so at least I knew which way it went. And yeah. then, you know, showed up for the race and went out and practiced. And I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. Right. Yeah. And I did pretty good. And uh, it was like, I think it was a six-hour. Yeah. And uh, they actually let me qualify. And that was back when the timing thing was like right in 17 before they had the bridge. Okay. Okay. So you could cheat the mm -hmm. cheat the thing and just fly through and crash. Yeah, almost right. Crash and destroy it on the exit. Right. Yeah. yeah. <coughs> so I got a lucky lap and qualified, you know, semi-decent for my first time. So we were running. And I'm driving around, driving so around. So first race to get into, you lied about resume. Uh -huh. And you cheated in qualifying to get a better qualifying I spot. I did. Yeah. All right. On in their advice. Words, this totally is not on their criticism. Advice. This is just recap. This is, yeah, right. I just want to make, make it clear here. <laughs> they told me, they said, this is what you do to get a good lap. You know, start yeah. from out there and then in this well, way. So, you know. Yeah, so, so for those who don't quite know the Sebring lap, you can kind of do this at indoor go-kart track yes, too sometimes. Yes, you can. It's like if the timing <laughs> at beacon. At your own risk. Uh, yeah, it, it, there's timing beacon sometimes if it's in the middle of the corner or like right. right at the break zone or something like that where you just deliberately blow the corner after the beacon. Yeah, right. And you go way faster than you would have had you gone the normal route. Right, yeah, right. Yeah. right. So I, I start the race, we're going, you know, doing okay, and uh, this thing starts vibrating and making noise, and I'm like, man, this thing's not really, you know, it's making noise, and they're like, oh, you got tire pickup. Stupid okay. rookie, right? And okay. I'm like, okay, so I'm driving around, <laughs> yeah, and now yeah. I'm having to pump the brakes, and it's making a lot of noise, and it's shaking into it. I'm like, dude, this thing's like this and that, and they're like, ah, oh, you're fine. You know, yeah. my lap times really didn't fall off because I didn't know any better, and sure. I probably wasn't going very good. Keep anyway. hammering on it. Yeah. So I'm just, like, going as fast as I can. And I'm like, man, this thing's like, I'm like having to drag the brake to make sure I have a brake, you know, and they're like, oh, you're doing fine. You know, you got another, back then we could do, like, two-hour stints, you know. Yeah, right. like, you got another <laughs> half hour. Keep going. So <laughs> I kept going, and I'm like, all right. So, uh <laughs> I'm hanging on, hanging on, hanging on, and I, you know, finally it's time to pit. I pit. Joe gets in. He drives out the end of the pit lane. And he goes, "We got to replace the hub." Yeah. And of course, I'm like, I'm hearing it, and I'm like, maybe I think it's the right rear. No, man, I think it's the left. I, I, I don't. I think it's the left front. I don't know. Whatever. So anyway, the hub went bad, like bad enough where all the balls were gone, and he barely made it back. Right, so they put a right. hub on it, so we fell a bunch of laps down. And I still have that hub in my shop, by the way. <laughs> um, so they were like, "Huh, okay, you know, da da da," and I'm like, "Cool." You know, my goal was I had to do three races that year to get rid of my provisional. My goal was to get rid of that provisional, which of course now I had to wait until I saved up some more money. Right, yeah. So they- run out, You've run out of cars to run, yeah, yeah, I'm out of cars now. I'm driving <laughs> just my pickup truck. Yeah. So uh, the next race was Atlanta, and uh, they're like, hey, can you do Atlanta? Cause such and such can't make it and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I, I, that's it. I, yeah, I don't have much money, you know? And they're like, oh, well, what do you got? And I said like, maybe 700 bucks if I, you know, put stuff on my credit card and whatever. So anyway, we went up there and we ended up finishing, uh, I think, fourth or something. Mm -hmm. So we got a little bit of prize money. And then I saved up money and did the 24-hour race at Mosport. So yeah, we were doing the 24-hour race. So I remember. Um, what kind of cars is it? This is the still Mosport the Miata. But like at Mosport 24, was it all like touring cars? It was style the, cars? It's, it's like, like the Continental Series right, now, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. 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 But when it was, was all like street stock cars. Street yeah, stock yeah. cars. There was probably like four to six classes at the time of different yeah. tiers yeah, of stuff. Of just like. High horsepower production stock. They had like down to front wheel drive. Front wheel yeah. 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 They had GS, S, so Grand Sports, Sports, Touring, and then Compact. Yeah. Okay. So GS was like the Firebirds, Mustang, and yeah. then like the 968 Porsche, like right, right. Yeah. Supra. They yeah. had the Supra uh, Zek yeah. name. How many, uh, how many hours were you allowed to drive for drive time limits? They didn't have a limit. Oh. Oh. David Del Genio did the whole race by himself. But that's impossible. No one could do that. Yeah. Well, oh. he stopped. He actually, I, I think he ended up doing like 20 hours of it. Right. But he, he was like, 
he showed up and this this and he was like he would actually drive back and get the fuel and yeah. change his own tire and then get back in the car and then drive. Yeah. He didn't even have a crew. Like sounds safe. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. awesome. It was yeah. awesome. I'm all in on this. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so how would they make sure like nobody had like a stacked lineup, like too many good guys? Well wait, you said there was hundred cars in the race. Yeah. Well that can't be. Yeah. No one's gonna just show up and race against anybody. Oh yeah. But like, what about rankings? Like, how would they? No rankings. I, I, don't, this, I don't. How did it work? I don't real. understand. This is real. How did it work? <laughs> it's too easy. It was awesome because you could race against you know, Stu Hayner. Wait, wait, wait. So as a beginner that wasn't really there yet, you it found encouraged it you. is encouraging. Absolutely. To race. Oh my goodness, I don't understand. Andy Pilgrim, Michael Gladdy, right. all these guys, right? What? I don't get it. I'd seen them on TV, and now I get to go race against. Right. Them and learn huh. something. Concept. Funny. I don't know. I don't know. Where we? Yeah, I see where we're, this is going to go a little later, right? <laughs> Not following any of this. <laughs> <laughs> so we did that, and uh, we broke a header pretty early. And uh, so we fixed that. See, Frank and I were like the mechanics on the thing. So yeah. I helped. You know, we got a header on it, went right. back out, and then the subframe broke like 12 at night, 11 at night. And, uh, you know, we're way down now. So everybody left and went back to the hotel, and uh -huh. they're going to get a good night's sleep and stuff. So Steve and I are like, we can fix this. Yeah, right. You know, of course, we didn't have a spare subframe, and the other <laughs> car was doing really good, so everybody's concentrating on that car. So me and Steve were like, all right, we'll fix it. So we <coughs> jacked it all up, pulled the subframe yeah. out. It's got a big, huge crack in it, and we're looking at it. I'm like, well, let's cut that leg off that jack stand. <laughs> and he goes, yeah, you cut that. I'm going to get the welder. we get the generator. Right. So we cut this thing up and got it in there, and he's over there trying to – of course, we're way out in the boonies in the field yeah. with the, this old generator, and, and he's got this yeah. welder. And this is Mossport how long ago? 1996. Right. Yeah, so it's, it's dark in the – Dark. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. in the woods now. Yeah, yeah. and, you know? like, this is before it was as paved. Yeah, oh, no, there was, it was no today. pavement. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're, like, in the dirt. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, They still had the old – weird pit lanes with the like yeah, yeah, yeah. railroad ties hold it up and stuff it was good so we're ch he's trying to weld this thing with this little crappy wire feed mig welder that he had yeah you know and he's he didn't have enough amps so i'm like ah so i went over and like fished through the thing and got to the governor on the on the, the generator welder. so now we're souping up the welder yeah, so, it, yeah. so i go full <laughs> as soon as he hit the thing and he goes <laughs> you know otherwise it would stall the generator out so we're <laughs> so he finally gets the thing we get it all welded we get it all back together. Off the jack stand. Right, off, off the, the jack stand. Yeah. Cut like a piece of jack stand off to yeah. fix it. Got it all back together. Eyeballed the alignment. Yeah. That's all you go, need. We go, hey, we, the car's ready. And he's like, oh, well, nobody's here. Go get suited up. Go drive. So right. I'm like, all right. Yeah. So I jumped in. Take off. <laughs> Two hours later, I come into the pit, and they're all looking like, what are you doing here? And I'm like, I'm out of gas. And they're <laughs> like, oh, well, nobody else is here to drive this car. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. Let me fill it back up. Off I went. <laughs> <laughs> Two hours later, I came back, and they're like, you need gas again? And I'm like, yeah. yeah, yeah so in the, the, in the middle of the night, we got uh, – I hooked up with Joe Jordan, was driving the other car, mm -hmm. and he caught me in the middle of the night. And that was back when turn two, the wall was right at the edge of the track. Yeah, 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 yeah. And turn four had that big bridge, so mm -hmm. it looked like you were driving into a, a hole. Right. Yeah. And, of course, the lights weren't very good and whatever. So, yeah. right. so anyway, he catches me, and so then he passed me, and I'm like, hey, there's Joe. I so like boop, yeah. I got in his bumper and – he started. He switched over to my channel. We started talking, and he's like, "Oh yeah," and then I'd lose a little bit here and there. And he's like, oh. "And by the end of the stint, I was, you know, hanging." And then we're drafting like, right. the whole, you know, "Go ahead and bump draft." And yeah. we're doing all this, yeah. and we ended up going like four seconds faster than <laughs> you know, happy hour early in the morning. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Bump drafting, getting drafts from two forties, which were in our class, which should right. have been because they were faster than the three hundred. But anyway. Um, so then, you know, the other guys show up at like 8 o'clock. I've been driving for like six-something hours yeah. at this point, you know, and they're like, oh, my God, our car's going around. So <laughs> we get back in and you just did, Why did you just text them? 
Oh, no, you didn't just have text that him real quick. Huh. Yeah, like, hey, guys, come right, back. Yeah. I had a pager at that time. Ooh, but it didn't time. work yeah. in Canada. Of course not. Yeah, course. naturally. <laughs> um, so anyway, that was my, my third race, and, and I kept my nose clean in right. the accidents, which is amazing. And uh, got rid of my provisional license that year. Right. But then the jo I got into a relationship with the Jordans, and they were like, what if uh, you know you can you can prep the cars for us? And Because most of our races are on the East Coast. They were a West Coast-based team. You know, you have a place to keep the truck and trailer and stuff and I'm like oh yeah I got a little shop and I got 10 yeah. acres I can whatever so we'd worked out a deal I was gonna I drove the truck got fixed the trailer prepped the cars between races and that was my ride yeah and uh, I drove with a couple different guys that year and uh, you know we had some decent runs here and there sure. but I ended up getting rookie of the year that year uh -huh. and then uh, the next year uh, Joe Fox came back and I co-drove with him, and then he got rookie of the year in 97. But yeah. that's what I did. I, I literally, you know, put a clutch in the truck, and then the next week I'd have to, you know, <coughs> change the oil in the training and then put new wheel bearings on the trailer and then prep the two cars between races and put new body work. Basically, right. I'd call Tim Buck every, every week and be like, yeah. hey, I need two more right fenders. Yeah. And he goes, okay. Yeah. <laughs> God. A couple hubs. and I hated how paid drivers like you came into the sport. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it, that, it, that Ruining it all. Right. It, uh, and it was good. So, so it was funny. The year I won that rookie of the year, the, the 97 season there, you know, Jim's like, oh, you got to fly out and, you know, you meet Steve and everybody at motorsports and blah, blah, blah. And, yada, yada. and I'm like, oh, wow. That cool. Mazda Motorsports. Mazda Motorsports. Yeah, right, right. right. So we fly out. Jim picks me up from the airport. We drive over to the Mazda headquarters, the same one they have now. And it's like this big building, and I'm like, oh, wow, this is cool. Yeah. And uh, we walk up and go up to the third floor, and the elevator opens, and there's, like, hundreds of people and all these cubicles and all this stuff. And I'm like, wow, I didn't realize Mazda Motorsports was so huge, yeah. you know? And Jim goes, no, <laughs> it's over here. <laughs> and we walk it's over to the back, cubicle. <laughs> and there was this one little office, and there yeah. was Steve yeah. and Tim. Right. Two yeah. desks as yeah. close as we are mm -hmm. there, right, right there. That was, that, was, yeah. that was it back then. <laughs> right. You know? So Steve's like, oh, we'll take you to lunch. So he took me to lunch, and he goes, you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, they'd have flown you to Japan for a week, and you'd have got to do this and that. Right. And, and I'm like, hey, this is completely yeah, fine with me. I'll take yeah. this. I, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm in heaven, you know. This is great. So we got, and you know, that's where the relationship with Mazda started, you know. And nice. it's, uh, I mean, up to this point, how are you paying your bills? Because this is a lot of time I'm seeing. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, you're out. I, uh, I was making still a little bit of money. I'd work on regular cars at the shop, and then uh, so you like so you're back here the couple of days in between, yeah. just doing day labor, do whatever, whatever I you can. can. Yeah, okay. yeah. I basically I ran up my credit card bill pretty big, and yeah. then, uh, I was working on for Jim Bell at the time too yeah. on, okay. as another side job that I was actually making pretty good money at. So you're doing sort of race mechanic day because like Jim Jim Bell's a known yeah, 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 he yeah, was yeah. a very good mentor for me. I met him uh, at a Porsche Club race. Actually, my first year, I went and did a Porsche Club race, Carlos. This guy to let yeah. me use ah. his 944, one of the Super 7 944 S2s oh. to go do a Porsche this club race. This whole kind of like Florida yeah. sports car mafia oh, yeah. of you right. guys yeah. out here. Yeah, because, yeah, yeah. well, Carlos had his car at Dave White, so yeah. I was working yep. on his car. And then I do side work for Carlos. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, take the take the 944, you know, to this PCA race at Savannah. And right. I'm like, oh, wow, cool, you know. I met Jim at this thing. Scott rented the 968 from Dave. I'm running the 944 S2 at this Porsche club thing. And, uh, you know, I'm... I only had the budget to like. I'm working on. I'm working for the weekend, so Dave took the car up there, hauled it up for right. me there, and then I'm working to get a hotel room and do whatever. But then I'm running this race, so we're out there, you know. And I'm okay with you know running in this class, but my tires are just junky. Right. So Scott was running the 968, and he's like, "Oh, I need new tires," you know. And uh, I'm looking. He had the tires back then. I know you leave it out, but the, the, <laughs> the tire that we were the tire that we were running in the series at the time. Yeah. Uh, 
And uh, but they were used whatever, and he's like, oh, I need new tires. So they went and bought a new other brand of tire, which we used to run in the Supers. <laughs> you don't have to censor yourself. That's fine. Yeah. That's our job. Yeah. Um, so anyway, he went and bought a brand new set, and this was right before Koala. And I'm like, well, can I have these? Here, can I have your throwaways? Can I have your old? Like, right. and he's like, you don't want those. They're crappy. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure they're Trust better than me. what I got. Trust me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not real sure, but I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, you can have them, whatever. So I go bolt those on the car, and uh, I qualified like third. <laughs> nice. And I'm like, oh, my God, the thing's so <laughs> These good. These tires so, are great. Oh, so yeah. It was like yeah. the best thing ever. So during the race, I actually was going back and forth and battling with um, John Shard, actually. Um, what was his name that ran the Supras? Anyway, I got in a battle. He had a 944 turbo, so he'd pass me on the straightaway, and right. then I'd get him in the back, and it was like this great battle. Yeah. And I ended up winning, and uh, that was my only Porsche Club race I've ever done. Okay. Undefeated. One and done. Probably yeah. never do another one. Sure, why I'm, would you? I'm undefeated. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Keep the record. So anyway, th Jim Bell was engineering the car for Scott that week. Uh -huh. And he was like, man, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I got to talking to him, and he's like, well, why'd you do this? And what'd you do? do, do, do? And then he was like, huh. Was it, you know, give me your number, whatever. I, I mean, your help, you know. Right. So, you know, a couple weeks later, we're at the Daytona test, and he was there and saw him. He's like, hey, come have lunch with us, you mm -hmm. know, blah, blah, blah. And he was good friends with Bill Adams, so we went to lunch with Bill. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's Bill Adams. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Lunch yeah. So Shay's we're dad. Yeah. Shay Adams' dad. Yeah, yeah right. So yeah. we're talking and uh, this and that. And he goes, why don't you come down and help me put these cars together? And I'm like, all right. So I drove down there the next week. And basically we were up till 4 in the morning, like normal race yeah. prep yeah. stuff, yeah. building cars and uh, trying to get it ready for Sebring. And, uh, you know, we'd come back from the shop at like 4 in the morning and Julia's wife would have dinner ready for us. And next thing I knew, I'd wake up and I'd be under the coffee table. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, yeah. Slept on the floor. <laughs> yep. We'd get up, go back to the shop and build the car. And yeah. So at what point are you no longer turning wrenches and you're making your money, even if it's not necessarily from racing per se, but between coaching and Bondra, like when <coughs> are you no longer turning wrenches? So yeah. like you worked on the Tyndall cars, right? Yeah. While I was at Bondurant, I went. Um, so that's when the, the Jordans called and said, hey, we're not going to be able to run next year, whatever, so yeah. what you can find. And I'm like, ah, crap. So we're, you know. I go out to dinner with my girlfriend. Or roughly, <coughs> and when is this, roughly? Uh, 98. Okay. So it's only been 90. a couple of years from your first yeah. provisional. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, we had some pretty good success, had some polls, and almost won a couple races. Mm -hmm. We sure. did pretty decent. Um, so uh, I'm like, oh, crap. So I called around for like a day or two, and obviously, you know, nobody knows who I am. Yep. A couple of guys <coughs> that didn't know who I was were like, oh, we already got this, or we need, yeah. you know, 10 right. grand, or, you know, and I'm like, eh. So I'm like, hmm. So I'm sitting there going, well, it's not too late to join the Army and go do my <laughs> helicopter thing. So we were out at a Chinese restaurant, and there was like seven of us yeah. eating dinner. And uh, when we're done, of course, they bring the fortune cookies. And uh, I was the last one. I picked up fortune cookie, opened it up, and it said, your place in life is in the driver's seat. Huh. And oh, I'm like, wow. okay. All right. And you oh, still let me remember try that. this, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I still have it. It's That's in, awesome. It's not in my wallet here, but I got it home. Right, right. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay, that might be a sign. And the next day, Joe Kent called and said, hey, I heard the Jordans aren't running next year. Why don't you come and run the Firebird with me? There you go. And what I'm like, that? okay, what's the deal? And he says, well, you you know, you help me prep the car and do whatever, and we'll yeah. we'll we'll go. You know, right. I'll pay for all the stuff and whatever, and you you know, you help us if you can. And I said, oh, I can get off work and come a couple days. Or yeah, whatever. yeah, sure. So yeah, Bondurant, you know, I was making good money there as an instructor, or right. what I thought was good money at the time. Well, back which then, that's when those it was great money. Uh, yeah, yeah, like you I mean, get those deals, especially like ride and drives and yeah. stuff, where you'd be on the road for a bunch of time, nothing to you don't have any expenses, mm -hmm. it's all covered, and yeah. you get good money and yeah now all of that's cut right you know it's, oh yeah it's, who this can work for the cheapest and yeah so but goes back to what terry terry's the one he said look he said if you want to do this you need to get some seat time and uh -huh. you got to get lots of seat time right this is and the best way to do Portello. Yeah. Yeah. he yeah. said the best way to do that is i'll get let's go see if we can get a job at Bondurant and you can have a structure and you can drive all you want yeah and he goes but i'm gonna tell you right now 
two years. No more than two years. You got to get out of there in two years. And I'm like, okay. So I went out, like Mike McGovern, right. did, yeah, it, did an sure. interview, and he's like, yeah. You know, this was like in May or something. And he's like, yeah, come back in September. And I'm like, okay. And I said, you know, and he said, well, we're not very busy in the summer, and I don't want you to die. Right. Like, yeah. So come back in September. We'll start you in September. Yeah. So sure enough, you know. Because like it's like 1,000 degrees oh, at yeah. that time of year because it's in Phoenix. Yeah. Yeah. So I literally uh, I rented out my house to some friends and loaded up my little Nissan pickup, uh -huh. which I still have, by the way. As much as I could, I, I didn't, you know, I was like, oh, what am I going to sleep on? And I'm like, uh, I'll take a recliner. So I put a <laughs> recliner in the back because that would fit. And I took clothes and, you know, a couple pots and pans and whatever. And I, you know, back then, you, I didn't. I don't think we found that part. I had to call around to find an apartment. Okay. So I rented a little studio apartment, sight unseen, you know. Right, right. And uh, showed up with my recliner <laughs> and uh, sat in it, you know, did that and had that. And, you know, I worked there for probably a good month. And they were hard asses. I mean, it was a full-on, yeah. you know. You had to do your first ground school with on those with those guys, right? And of course, they're asking all the stupid questions that you're. Yeah. And it was good training because they're going to ask every stupid question you're ever going to hear from yeah. thing, and you can explain it. And they're like, "I don't understand. Can you explain that again?" Yeah, yeah. And they're like, uh, Dude, you, "Well, this on. is a corner." Yeah. And, you yeah, know, right, and it's like, right. it's like, nope, you can't say that. You got to, you know. Yeah. So anyway, it was good training for me. I you know, I hated to talk in front of people. Still do really, but uh, it, you know, I mean, it just was, and it, the driving time was amazing. Yeah, you right. literally, you know, we had twelve cars in the advance or in the regular four-day school mm -hmm. and they'd park them on the on the deal and once the students left like literally i'd go out and get in one go drive it yeah it ran out of gas go fill it up run it and then the right front tire would fall off i'd park <laughs> it I'd get in the next one go run it till it ran out of gas fill it up with yeah. gas right front tire would fall and i'd go through all 12 cars yeah yeah every afternoon yeah so i got you know enormous amount of time did and you guys have to service those cars too or that no was they, okay. they had a whole they had a, okay. so i actually yeah. didn't have to work as a that's nice yeah for okay. that. so right. this was like oh my god this yeah, is yeah. Awesome. now you're drive? just driving cool. drive. yeah and then we had yeah. these awesome taurus shos yeah for tractor cars uh -huh. okay. with manuals oh my god what a great car <laughs> and you know that's kind of where i learned how to drive front drive stuff yeah which kind of fed in because as soon as joe kent stopped doing the firebird the jordans came back in and hey we got this world challenge program right you know, we got a car, we got some budget from Mazda, we got some this, you, we, you're going to be our driver, and yeah. da, 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 da. so I went out and went to Tony Woodward's shop and spent hours and hours and hours building that car. Right. And uh, and that's when World Challenge Touring Car was, like, starting to yeah. really explode. 2000. Yeah. So. And all the cars look really cool, good liveries, good drivers, good yeah. oh, decent-sized fields. Yeah. Yeah. We were on a, you know, street tire at the time, and, I mean, it was, like, perfect, you know, for me. And I, I always look back. We built... Our entire budget for that year was $65,000. We built the car and ran it. We didn't run. We couldn't. We didn't have. We didn't have enough to get the car done in time. Yeah. So we started at Lime Rock and ran the rest of the season with 65000 bucks. Right. Wow. Including building the car. Include. Yeah. Right. Now a lot of that yeah. is me sleeping in the truck, and you know we're yeah, all yeah, yeah. You know, six yeah. of us in a hotel room, but whatever. I mean, but we made it work. We well, didn't get your own room. Oh no. Oh, what? Why bother? What kind of pro racing yeah. is yeah. this? Yeah. So. Uh, you know, we did that, and you know, and you were getting paid like a lot of money to drive oh, that no. car, right? Oh yeah. no, no, not a penny. Yeah, what? right, not a penny. Huh. Not a penny. Right. What was your ranking? I was. What rank? Were you gold? Were you silver? <laughs> I didn't have any of that stuff. <laughs> I got to go race against you know Cunningham and Oberlin. Right. And, uh, and that, but that wasn't, but that wasn't fair, right? Oh no! Like when cool. you unloaded your car. Well, let me ask you this: Was, was, was racing against Cunningham and Oberlin like a motivating factor? Absolutely. Like it actually made you want to sleep in the trucks because you were gonna you were gonna make this work. Absolutely. I don't Klein Newbing, there was nothing more I wanted to do than. <coughs> Wait, did you say Klein, Klein Newbing? Yeah, Pierre. No, no, I understand who he is. Yeah. Um, the pronunciation. Klein Newbing. Is it Klein Newbing or is it Klein Newbing? You know him well. Klein, or Klein Newbing. Klein Newbing. They always called him fancy. 
Yeah, yeah. Thanks, right. Max Taxi Mexican. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I mean, it was like a dream come true to try and yeah. And when try I to beat those guys, when I could beat those guys, <laughs> it was like, huh? So it was the, so the best motor. Like right, like okay, I don't need to sleep for three more so days. So when I'm you get could beat ready. a top level pro, you knew you were good enough, and that only motivated you further. Absolutely. Not following this. Yeah, it seems like it doesn't so make any sense. Your concept, right? Yeah. It was so funny, like working with the Jim, Jim Bell deal. You know how Jim Bell is, right? So one of my favorite flows, you know, we'd be at Daytona and Terry would be out there driving the Beamer and he'd be like, oh, man, it's got a terrible push. You know, I don't know. It's it's pushy. You know, you got to fix this thing, blah, blah, blah. And Jim's like, oh, it's got a push, huh? Huh? How bad's it pushing? Eh, you know, it's 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 bad. Jim, you got to do something. You got to fix it. And he goes, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to pull out my phone and I'm going to look up. Oh, look, there's A, A for Oberlin. I'm going to get Bill. I'm going to call Bill and have him come over here and drive it. And let me see if, if Bill thinks it's going to push. Because there's Oberlin, and then it's Borchella. So I'll call Oberlin. And, of course, Terry, you know, the, the beautiful relationship that they had, he'd be like, right. and he'd go out and put it on the pole, right? Yeah. He'd be like, yeah, pushes real bad. It's yeah. on the pole. <laughs> but, no, it was total, like, I mean, it was. that's who you wanted to race against, right? right? Yeah. yeah, you had to rise to the occasion. Which this Anyway, and people you, watch, and they go, oh, okay, so wow. he just got another top five or top ten in a car that we know right. is as good as our car. Maybe we should consider him for a future project. Yeah. So at what point in all this are you like, you know what, I, this is going to work? Because you're still living, like you're, you're sleeping on recliners, you're living out of trucks to make a race weekend. Like that works when you're in your 20s, but you start to hit an age where like, yeah, I can't just, uh, no matter how bad you want it, there's some point where you just can't keep doing it. I don't think you agree it. with that. I think I you would have kept going. Now. I was yeah. going to say, <laughs> I can see Charles doing that all the way to the end. I mean, wanted. I got to say, okay, yeah, now situations the last, you know, 20 years or so, it's been, you know, great. But I still love to get my hands through right. and they let me work on the car. And yeah. I love, you know, f fixing problems and helping with setup and doing whatever. But, yeah. at, you know, I think I would have kept doing it. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how long I could have been, <coughs> been able to do it, but. So there was no backup plan. There was, I mean, no. you could you could go be a helicopter pilot, but at right. a certain Well, point. I remember because the Army kept, they'd call like every six months. And yeah, be like, hey, list, we're man. still got this, this program you're available right. for. We need guys, you know, da, da, da. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to still do this. Let me try this racing thing. Yeah. And I remember when I turned 31, <coughs> I think they said. That's the cutoff, right? 32 is the, the, the age. Yeah. Yeah. And they said, no, I think I'm good with this. Yeah. And uh, by then it was, it was still, it was rolling pretty good by then. But I was still like. Yeah, no, this is my pa I mean, it really right, is. Right. Racing's my passion. I mean, right. it really is. I mean, I think you're most known for your affiliation with the Dempsey, Dempsey program, program, which has kind of transitioned into what you're doing now, right. more right. or less. Right. And that started, what, 2009? 2006. Yeah, because there was already, yeah. like, Six. continental stuff going on. Yeah, yeah. we were, they were, yeah. uh, so Joe, you know, they obviously, he obviously came through the uh, Pano School. Pano yeah, school. he came through the Pano School. Which is kind of funny, because I remember Joe talking about, so I didn't know <coughs> who he was at that point. Right, right. And I remember I had flown up to Atlanta and I think he had just finished his school or something yeah. or lapping day and I'm going to guess you're not much of a TV guy I'm not yeah <laughs> so well I'm, I'm, a, I'm a movie guy but I'm not I don't watch like TV so I yeah, don't you're I'm not, not up on celebrity culture no. and all that so shit, I'm like so. I get there you know and I'm like you know it's like the end of something and I'm there for the next day so I show up at the track so I'm yeah. walking down the stairs right there by the time and time and he's walking up yeah. and I look at him and I'm like hey you know he's like hey and I'm like looking at him and I'm like you look familiar should I know you and he's like oh well I'm you know whatever I'm I was in a, um, yeah. you know, he's kind of real modest. <laughs> he, you know, yeah, I was in a couple movies, it. whatever, and I'm like, I was in a little show called. He does. He didn't do that back then. No, no. He, he was. I actually, like I've never heard him say that. <coughs> right. Defense, yeah, yeah, so yeah. he's not done that specific yeah. line. So, uh, I, so he's like, yeah, I'm like, oh, you're one of those f film guys. <laughs> 
and he goes, and he never, he never lost. He just totally was uh. like, yeah, I guess you could say that. <laughs> you know, whatever. And that was right when the when the thing was. And uh, I'm like, okay. you know, and then we start talking a little bit, yeah. and then of course Joe walks up and introduces us, right, and whatever. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I'm like, oh, you know, and then we just kind of hit it off right there. Yeah, you know? yeah. Total like you, you know. just became a new hero. Yeah, <laughs> good job. And I no. got him into my phone. Still, so film guy. Right? <laughs> I'm doubling down on this. It. Uh, but you know that, so they, you know, and then of course he wanted to go racing and stuff. So yep. Joe started doing the yep. program, and then they did the Mustangs and stuff. And I'm like, you know, it'd be, I got to introduce you to Jim Jordan and some of the Mazda guys. Yes, right. At this point, there was no Mazda affiliation with him. No, right at all. He's no, just no, a driving yeah. school so, guy. Yeah. yeah, I did the intro, and then you know they worked it out, and mm-hmm. then the next thing you know, we got a RX8. And yeah. Yeah, and now this is your co-driver. Yeah, right. Yeah. And, was, and you, I think you're the you self-proclaimed the most unpopular driver in, yeah. in sports car racing. Pretty much. Because Never seen such disappointed people when I get out of the car and take my helmet off. <laughs> because if he was entered half the time, it meant that Patrick wasn't there for right. Netflix. Right. right, So right. it was like, oh, that's oh, oh, man. Oh. in the car. Like the viewership on, on right. the ratings. <laughs> 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 or he'd show up for practice and then have to leave. You know? Right. Yeah, remember right. one time we were at Daytona. We were, that's we were, we had, I think we were running a Mustang still in Continental. And I remember I can pull in. And, of course, there's a crowd of people around the garage. Right. You know? So I pull in, and they see parts. I drive into the garage. And they're all, oh. Back right. in, and I'm getting out. And I got my helmet on. I'm looking. They're taking pictures. And I'm like, oh, I feel so bad for you guys. I take my helmet off. Here and we like, go. You're not Patrick. And I'm like, oh, no, he had to leave this morning, you know, blah, blah, blah. There. And, like, everybody turns around and walks away. <laughs> and I'm like, eh, whatever. And this one one lady turns around, and she goes, <laughs> just in case. Just in case. <laughs> Maybe he'll be on TV. You're here. That means Patrick's not. I, I kind of think we should just, del- like, dive into the Panos Racing School. Like culture, mm-hmm. because that's where a lot of these guys oh my God. came from. Yeah. A lot of those guys got to fine tune their road racing skills and heavy sedans, mm-hmm. which helped win the Continental Series because you go drive a Mustang after driving a Panos for days and days, days, and, days and days on street tires. And then when we got the GT school cars, which had slicks and big brakes and good power, like you guys would actually practice because we had the, the women's series and then we had the school series, and they would actually do the practice sessions on ALMS weekends with. World Challenge GT guys, but like a lot of us would get to go drive these school series cars on IMSA weekends with the World Challenge open testing. So uh, you're out there driving a Panos GTS race car with like Oberlin and a GT Turner car or whatever, yeah. you know, like Petey Cunningham's out there and you're in this, you know, race car with them. So you're like, okay, I'm seeing it firsthand yeah. here that I'm going to be maybe okay. Uh, but also anytime you ever went to give hot laps at a Panos school, it was qualifying. Yeah. And it was against it was full on. literally Eric Voss, Andrew Davis, <laughs> Charles Espinel, Joe Foster, <laughs> Chris me, Hall, all those guys. Gunnar Jeanette, Chris Hall. Like, every time you leave the pit lane for hot laps, you're like, oh, okay. And we're all wearing our own helmets. Yeah. So it's like you know who you're up against. <laughs> and I think that honestly did more for my career than, uh, than I would have expected. Because right. you're driving all the time. You're on street tires half the time. Mm-hmm. So you're not really in a perfect thing. And you're going against some of the best guys, you know. Right, it's like guys that are continuing to make a living doing this. Right. Do you remember the van story? When we had found the van at the the, the okay. found van. Yeah. So yeah, that was is, the one that I had. Really, yeah, this is actually pretty good. I'm sure Statue Loan Patients have run out with a <sighs> dollar rental car, or whoever. And I don't remember what IndyCar team it was anyway. I, but yeah, you probably remember. I don't remember. I, 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 it'll come to me, but anyway, doesn't, we got doesn't away, matter. We got, away, we got away with it. <laughs> we're not going to say it. So. Joe and I, you know, they're setting the school up. I think Andrew was doing the ground yeah. school, so we're out driving. What is this? Like, it's Sebring. Sebring. What year is this? Like, oh, 2004, oh, 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 5, 6, somewhere there? 6, 7. Yeah, yeah. 06, about right. Yeah, yeah. Middle, middle 2000s. Yeah. Okay. So we go over and, and uh, the short course to set up, like, we did the braking exercise in the pit lane yeah. on the short course or something. So right. Joe and I pull up, and we're, like, throwing cones, and I look over. 
then there's a van parked in the grass over there under a tree, like where everybody parks when they use that thing. And I'm like, huh, what's up with that? So we set the cones up, and I'm like, ah. So I walked over, opened the door, sat down, and I'm like, ah, a little minivan, you know. Did the typical freaking look under the shade. Look under the uh, wind shade, and the keys fell on my lap, and I'm like, Joe's <laughs> like, hey, <laughs> we could use that. <laughs> so I fired it up, you know, and I'm looking around, digging through, and it, you know, it's rental agreements in there, and it's like somebody from India or something. I can't remember the guy's name. So, of course, I called Bo, and I'm like, yeah. hey, Bo, do you know such and such? And he goes, oh, yeah, he runs, he's the team manager for such and such right. IndyCar team. And I'm like, oh, well, tell him they left their van in the pit lane at Sebring. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'll give him a call. Yeah. So we go back, and so anyway, we end up, I talked to the guy later on, and he's like, oh, bloody hell, you know, I can't believe we left that van. Yeah. And da, 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 it's and like somebody got sick or something, so they rode with someone else. Yeah, they just forgot, they forgot, forgot the van. The van. I've never heard of a van that's literally forgot. Yeah, that seems like, like totally easy. forgotten. Yeah. The way crew assignments work, how would you right. miss that? Yeah. Right, right, right. So uh, I, he's like, oh, man, is there any way you can get it to Orlando? And I'm like, yeah, you know, I said, you know Doug Smith was that's right, working. Dougie. And yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, we, we got to go up there and do this in three days anyway. I said, I can take it in three days. And he goes, oh, yeah, we got the week rental on it, you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. He says, you can do that. That is, you know, that'd be great. You yeah. know, da, 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 da. I'm like, you got the insurance on it? And he's like, yeah, why? And I'm like, <laughs> well, I mean, we're going to use it. You know, and he's like, well, yeah, I don't want to know, whatever. <laughs> Probably should have. So we proceeded yeah. to beat the living shit out of this. Yeah, as we used it. We used it for, you know, all the stuff, hauling like stuff They use around. it as a school vehicle. That's it. It's your <laughs> God-given right at this point. Yeah. So. so, of course, you know, we're trying to come up with more and more to do to this thing and yeah. it's like I'm trying to do a burnout in the thing and it just wouldn't do it you know it's front wheel yeah. drive yeah, so yeah, it's, it's like a here or load, right? so we come out at 16 and I'm like huh so we drive up and park it I put it against the wall nose it against the wall and to get a burnout actually got yeah, it like NASCAR style set, right. set, yeah. Set, yeah. Yeah. set the uh, cruise control cruise control <laughs> and we all get out and this thing's sitting there going <laughs> and just smoking <laughs> and Regan, the kid from New Zealand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was there. He had a vi he videoed it. He probably yeah. saw the video. So he's videoing it and it was like things going the smoke's coming out. I'm like, all right, so we get back in. Yeah. Then I think we did a see how fast we could do a reverse lap with it. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's like, well, we gotta jump it. Right. Right. So yeah, everybody's right. the whole right. the whole day. This is your just traditional like minivan. Oh just, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Red so everybody's trying to figure out where can we jump this. And yeah. I think Doug found, he said, man, yeah. if you right over the inside of 15, That's there's right. this ditch. I and show da -da 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 people this all the time. And <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, we could do that, you know. So we started on the track and drove towards this ditch. <laughs> and we got up to like 60 before we got. And I'm sitting there going, it's not gonna go this well. is just not going to go well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I went to the brake for just a little, got speed down a little bit, and then went back to the ass, right? Cause, right. And we hit that thing, and I don't know how far we flew. <laughs> but it was full. It was like a boom. Duke's a hazard, and we're like in the air, and then it starts nosing over, and then it, and the hood pops up. Not pops open, but, but pop, like it bubbles. Like, like yeah, it yeah. Now you yeah. can see the hood work. Before you couldn't see the hood, yeah. and we're all like, yeah. there's dirt and dust flying everywhere, and we're like, oh shit. wow, that was big. So we drove back and we pull up to the school building there, <laughs> and we get out, and the whole front core support had. Basically lift it right, up, lift yeah. it up yeah. six yeah. inches, so that's basically why the, the frame, hood is up. The frame is mouth moved. So the whole thing, so I popped the hood, and of course it goes, cut twain! <laughs> and it can't get it shut again, so now we're looking at it, and we're like, oh my God, what are we going to do? And I'm like, you know, so we're like out there in the shop, and uh, little Joe, 
the big yeah. choke mechanic. Yeah, right. Yeah, any guy named Little Joe is inherently not yeah. small. So we're yeah. like working on all this stuff. So we get a big, huge pipe and a chain, and we're tying the chain around yeah. the, the engine and all this stuff. And we're trying to jump on it to get the frame down enough where the hood looks right. 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 So Joe comes over. He's jumping on it. Of course, he's a big guy. And we get it bent down, everything kind of bent and put in the proper place so the hood would go down again. Yeah. Right. And it kind of looked okay. Right. And I'm like, okay, we're taking it back. Yeah. <laughs> all right, we're done now. <laughs> so... Doug jumped at his little GTI or whatever he had, and we drove it to Orlando, and I pulled it in and parked it over the dark spot, and the guy comes out and looks at it, and he goes, oh, okay, did yeah. you get gas? Yep, yep, so, yeah. oh, okay. Yeah. Off we went, never heard a thing. Never about heard a word about it. it. Right. Did huh. that guy, like, pay you guys, like, a couple hundred bucks to run Oh, yeah, there? Andy, yeah. Andy sent uh, uh, Doug some couple hundred bucks. Yeah, because he <laughs> paid him to return it. That <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was awesome. That was but that's, you know, going back, that's how I met Charlie was at Pano. Yeah. Yeah. And you mentioned Charlie. This is Charlie Putnam. Charlie and Putman. Charlie, like, I've only worked with Charlie once mm -hmm. at Daytona in 2013. Super nice guy. Um, but he was like, to me, he's like the Marlboro man. He like, is, he looks like such a tough guy. Exactly. Like, the, when I tell people about Charlie, yeah. I'm like, he's the Marlboro man, but he yeah. doesn't smoke. Right. Right. But he's the Marlboro man. But he's man. such yeah. like he's a, like, yeah. like, I don't, like, I don't know how old he is. Let's say early 60s. I think his racing age is late 50s. Oh, late 50s. <laughs> okay. Excuse me. He's late 50s, <laughs> but he could beat the to me if you oh. wanted to in a heartbeat like this yeah. is a tough yeah. dude yeah. you oh, can yeah. take out this whole restaurant He's yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah we met at panos he had gone through bondurant at some point after our maybe i was i think i had left already but then he got through bondurant and then he went back for like a lapping day and then he said oh i'm gonna go try this panos thing and like pat salloway and some of the guys were like oh you gotta say hi to chachi for us he's right. at sebring and da, 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 da. so he walked in, you know, and I'm, inter you know, where everybody's introducing himself. He goes, "Hey, Chachi," and I'm like, eh, "You must have been a Bondurant. Yeah. Just like the only place they ever called me Chachi." Right. right. And uh, he's like, "Oh yeah, you know, da da da." So you know, great guy, obviously. You know, yeah. we talked a little bit and this and that, and uh, he had done the, he was doing the Panos race series and some other stuff, and uh, he uh, he wanted to do some other stuff, and that's when Rod Riley and I were running Team 19. Right. And we had a couple Miatas that we prepped, and that's right. Because you know, working. In, and doing World Challenge, I still had time to prep Miatas on the weekend. Right. Of course. We'd, we'd, yeah. go, we'd basically just go do endurance race stuff, you know. Why work 18 hours when you can work 10? Exactly. <laughs> well, to, to get on the racetrack, why not? Right. So um, we uh, we were doing a race at Homestead, 12-hour Homestead. And uh, you remember Victor Contreras? Yeah. Yeah. So sure. he called like last minute, and we were building a second car. How quick can you get that car ready? And I'm like, well, I mean, if I had to get it ready, right. I could get it ready in like three or four days. And he goes, good, because we got to take it to the 12-hour next week. And I'm like, oh. Oh, all right. Got this thing all prepped. This is Charlie's first race with us, right? Okay. And you know Charlie's very particular about <coughs> yeah. everything, you know, and this and that, and that. So he shows up, you know, and I'm not there yet. I, you know, drove all night, got there in the morning. Car still needed to put the fire bottle in and some other stuff, whatever. So he's like, uh is this car going to be ready? And I'm like, oh, yeah, no problem. I said, everything's done. We just got to button up some, put the seatbelts in and whatever, you know, right. stuff like that. <coughs> so, and he's all like, okay. <laughs> and anyway, the other car's running. They're, they're running that car, you know. So we get the thing ready, and I basically finish the car just in time for qualifying. So. <laughs> Perfect. I'm like, yeah, whatever. So we go out, and I literally, I did an out lap. I did a flying lap. And then I brought it in, and that was for the pole. Oh, nice. Right? First yeah. laps the car's right. ever turned. Bam. Got in. I said, Charlie, here. It's good. Go finish the session right. so you get some time. So then I got jumped in the other car, tested it, and that was, we put that one on P2. 
<laughs> so anyway, we, we end up naturally. The, the race was, you know, awesome. And actually, Rob May, me and him had the best races. He was running a car. Rob May is my data engineer at yeah. real time now. Right. Oh, cool. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's all Super just everybody's a family. Yeah. Everybody yeah. knows it. So anyway, me and, and him. a big fan of the show, by the way. Yeah. He does love the podcast. Uh, great guy. Yeah. Worked awesome. with him forever in World Challenge. I love Rob May. So anyway, me and him had this great battle, and he ended up his motor blew up. Right. So we ended up winning. Yeah. So of course, you know, we go across the scales, and we're 35 pounds light. And I'm like, <laughs> how the hell are we? There's no way right. we're 35 pounds light, you know? And I'm just like, now I'm like, ah, crap, you know? So they're like bringing me water and stuff. I'm like, I can't drink 35 pounds. It's not going to matter. We're, for some, whatever reason, we're light on the scale. It's just, it's crazy that it's light. Yeah. So they're like, okay, well, you, you know, you got to go over there. So they weigh other cars and then put our car back on and this and that. And then during the conversation, it turns out that Mike said, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I, I realized that he had put that in. That's it. the 10, right. seven gallons, which is, you yeah. Know, and I usually go a little over. So anyway, we were 35 pounds light. So this big, huge thing. Oh, you got to kick him out. Yeah, you know, everybody cheers. Everybody's this. Rah, 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 yeah, blah, right, blah, right, blah, right. Yada, yada. And it's all going back and forth. <coughs> and I'm, at this point, I'm like, well, <laughs> Well, the tech guy was like, you know what? I didn't have the scales certified before the start of, before qualifying. You know, I can't remember what the rule is. Yeah, but right. it's like 30 minutes before qualifying, you had to have the thing on there. You know, So this is like this whole thing. And, of course, Charlie's, you know, he's happy right. that we won. But then we didn't have the car ready. But yeah. then, you know, so he's all up and down, up and down. And yeah. now we're having this whole big debate in right. tech. And he's all like, you know, so, he, of course, he jumps right in. And he's like, well, you know, da 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 And then the tech guy, and they start talking. He's, well, I didn't actually have the scale certified before the race. So I can't. This isn't an official weight. Right. And the chief steward, he was kind of pissy. He was like, well, so certify him now. And he goes, no, I can't. I have to have him certified before the start right. of qualifying. Right. Da, 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 da. And he says, I can't. I'm not going to. I can't. I can't do anything. Say that it's th right. too yeah, light yeah, yeah. because whatever. You know, if it's the right. You know, and Charlie's yeah, yeah. like, yeah, you know, da, da, da. So anyway, we ended up winning. It caused <laughs> a big, huge debate. Everybody's, right. you know, wow, right. cheers, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So we ran the next race 50 pounds heavy and still won. But anyway, <laughs> that, was a, that was another big debate. Um, but that's basically, you know, Char Charlie started doing that with us. Yeah. yeah. Instantly, uh, what, what's Charlie's business? He was in, uh, well, he had a, he was a chemical engineer, um, and then uh, he worked for DuPont for many years. Okay. Actually, he was in the Army, then got his engineering degree, worked for DuPont, had some chemical patents with them, and did some stuff. And mm -hmm. then his dad was in kind of oil well uh, perforating type stuff where, he, you know, he ran his own rigs and stuff. And yeah, then there was this. course. He's just the guy that's smarter than everybody that he meets. Right. Makes yeah. good oh, yeah. But is actually not like thinks <coughs> he's, he's genuine. He never he's smarter he's never. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, of course, yeah. you know, he, yeah. he, tr he explained this to me a couple times, which I'm sure I'll try to explain it right. But <laughs> when they do a frac type oil well, they have. You know, they send a pipe down and they have shape charges that blow the rock to us, you know, in a certain pattern and whatever, so the stuff comes out. And the, well, the way they used to do it is they'd cut the like the cut the pipe with a uh, shape mm -hmm. to make the shape right, but then the whole pipe and these pipes are expensive. So then they started making inserts. Well, sometimes those things would still take out the pipe, and then there's a bunch of metal in there and it okay. makes a mess and whatever. So of course, Charlie developed some sort of a plastic that is strong enough to hold the shape to get the right shape charge, but then it disintegrates. Oh, okay. So it doesn't hurt the pipe. Yeah, and right. This, this right. and this, and that's got him going and then he opened up a business that basically he was he's like the uh granger for oil well guys okay like you yeah, have right. a, you, you have an right. oil rig yeah. and you need pipe and he's you need explosive you need cord, you need this <coughs> and so he did that and supplied his dad's company and a bunch of other companies and uh obviously did very well at yeah. it. yeah and you know made developed special tools you know because they need to strip wire and do some stuff so he made some special tools that are you know he's like picked it all out had right. it made and right. sold them for whatever and you know He's just that guy. Flies yeah. around on a yeah. jet. And right. It's just, you know, I, 
you have a lot of races. You know, I know you 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 break a, a ball joint or right. the engine breaks or something, and you're like, ah, crap. You know, it's, I'm so unlucky in some aspects. Cause I there was a lot of races I could have won that I didn't just because of stupid little thirty cent mechanical <coughs> things or sure. whatever. Yeah. But I'm lucky in the sense that I've met some awesome people, and yeah. Charlie is by far, right. I and mean, he is like a true brother to me. Yeah. Like, I mean, he's helped me, and it's, you know, like he said, it's a mutually beneficial right. relationship that yeah. we just, ah, it's, it's great. So, cutting to today in 2018, you guys are now doing a lot of the series, the 24-hour stuff, mm -hmm. is that right? So, so you guys aren't doing as much, but it's pretty much you and Charlie are kind of joined at the hip in terms of the kind of racing you guys do. And so you're doing endurance races all over the world with this uh, Creventic 24-hour series. You know, it's funny. He, he's always out looking for my best interest, you know, and he's like, oh, you know, we, we should do some IMSA stuff. We should do this, maybe this. You've got to keep your name over, you know, in the States because, you know, I'm eventually not going to do this anymore. And I'm like, Charlie, when you stop doing this, I'm going to not – I'll go do HSR stuff or whatever. I'm not concerned. I'm not trying to find a factory ride. I'm not going to do yeah, anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've told me that several times. There is yeah. nothing I, – I, you know, it, I, it's just there's no way that – I can have such an excellent experience with you, and right, you know, and I'm almost 50 now, so. Well, and you've got you've got enough stuff spread across now that you're you're fine. You don't need to make a living on that race weekend no. necessarily. So. No, and he helped me, you know, get Safecraft started. He gave me the advice and well, all that stuff too. So. So obviously we want to talk about that. This has been entirely too much racing discussion, mm -hmm. um, <laughs> but Safecraft is obviously kind of an important thing in your career, so. So what is it? When did that start? That started actually back in 2006, I believe. Wow. PRI show, first PRI show in Indianapolis, and uh, you know we're meeting all kinds of people and met uh, met the girl. She was a test engineer for NASCAR at the time, and then she was actually leaving there to go to work for the Safecraft company. She shows me these belts, and they're really nice. And you know, they're uh, Safecraft proper was a fire bottle company but they had some they're very they're like the go-to fire bottle for nascar yeah but then they had some teams approach them to design some seat belts you know blah 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 and i'm like oh well these are really nice i said you know we're always trying to put bungee cords on stuff trying to you know we're putting wire ties and duct tape trying to get bungee to keep them up i said why don't you just sew us a little loop right here yeah and then we could do it easier all right no problem week later these set of belts show up with some bungee you know loops on them i put them in Bungie's on. I'm like, wow, that works pretty good. I started showing them around the paddock. Started selling some, you know. So then the next year at PRA, uh, Steve, the owner of Safecraft, was there. And he's like, I want to you know, meet Charles and take him out to dinner and whatever. So we went out and, you know, oh, we appreciate your input and da da da, da. And I, I was like, hey, you know what we need to do is, and I drew on a napkin the little tang adjuster thing. I said, here, make this. That way we can get it adjusted because we got little guys, big guys. Yeah. Just, you know. Stuff more bespoke to what sports car needs. With all the variables going through. Right. And, I mean, I more thought of it when we were in the school because, I mean, putting four oh, different right. people in a yeah. – it's just, you know, the standard style belt just didn't work. So, sure enough, they sent me the sample, you know, a couple weeks later, and I'm, I went out and tried it and put my gloves on and my helmet, and I'm like, yeah, it needs to be a little bigger. It needs this, this, and this. And so they made it, and we started selling them. Nice. So then, uh, you know, I worked with them, consulted with them for a couple of years there, and then the, the head net rule came out in 09, I believe. Is that it? They the wanted us, net. the right night, the, they always made us run the right head net, but then right. they wanted us to put it on the left side. Yeah. So I went over and I'm asking the tech guys, I'm like, well, how are we supposed to get in and out of the car? I mean, it's, none of these things are very quick, you know? I said, and he's like, well, everybody has to run the same thing. And I'm like, well, you didn't give us much notice on this whole thing, you know? Right. So I instantly called Don, or the engineer guy in California for Safecraft, and we start talking, and I'm like, hey, we need to do some sort of a this and this. And he's like, well, what are you thinking? And I'm like, here. So I 
once again, I drew it on a, some piece of paper or something, took a picture of it, sent it to him. And then he sent a thing back, and we kicked it back and forth until we came up with that design. And uh, I went and showed it to the IMSA guys, and I said, hey, we want to build this. And he's like, well, if it's you know SFI approved, whatever, you can run whatever you want. So we literally machined it out and had it to SFI for testing the next week and had them in the cars for... And that's the big, that's the push button. big push the big button big that push we use to get out as quick as possible, mm -hmm. which is really nice. So basically, you came into SafeCraft. It was already an established company, but mm -hmm. then they started seeing they were primarily a NASCAR group that... that uh, you kind of open up the doors to what they could do in sports car and, and that kind of thing. Yeah, I took racing. the seat. They did a, the research and got some really good quality stuff to build their seatbelts, and then right. I just helped them tailor it more towards road racing. Right. right. And yeah. so at this point, but I mean, now you're sort of part of the deal. Yeah. Right. So at this point, you know, we, with, with that quick release design thing, that really kind of put, On us, the window nets. put us in the deal. Right. Yeah. And then it started getting really busy really fast, and yeah. they didn't have the capability to, to manage that. Sure. And you guys basically do very little to no advertising. None. Have you considered podcasts? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and He's then like, we stopped. Yeah, yes. <laughs> and then we were like, why would we do why that? Why would that's dumb? Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I help. Some, there's some, some racers that I help, you know, and, sure. and do what we can. And, you know, like right. Formula E teams and, or, um, yeah, Formula The little guys at Electric? college. No, the oh, SAE. 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 Formula yeah. SAE. That's Formula E does not. Yeah. Formula E <laughs> doesn't need your help. Yeah. So uh, those guys, yeah, yeah we, SAE we send those guys belts and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's, that's, that's excellent. Cool. Yeah. Certain guys, you know, we try to help. But no, advertising-wise, it's like I'm, we want to do it, but actually we're kind of at capacity now. We're um, a direct right. supplier with Porsche now. Oh, and oh that's cool. Now they've yeah. – and it's funny. When we first – 2013 or so, we've been supplying them stuff, nets and stuff for here. And all the cars are, we ship them, and the cars are supposed to show up here with the nets in them, and they never do. So then, you know, because we're not big, so I plan my production out, yeah. and I know about, you know, I know about how many new cars are getting built in ST and whatever, right. and who's going to need this. So I got an idea of how many, sure. how much investment we need to make for the next quarter or whatever. So I'm like, we did this big order for Porsche, and then the next year, I'm like thinking, okay, we should be covered here. And then all the cup cars start showing up with no net. So everybody's calling me with cup car. Hey, we need to send us the net. And I'm right. like, uh, they didn't come in the kit. And they're like, nope, there's a mount, but there's no nets. And I'm like, okay. Huh. So, I need, so then all of a sudden we're like scrambling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Go, go. <laughs> right. So it's like, well, it's good. But then I'm like, well, what is, where's, where's that where, going? Where are all these nets going? Yeah. So my theory is there's a guy at Waysock that has this in office somewhere, and there's a stack of our nets <laughs> in the corner, uh -huh. and he doesn't know where they go or what they're for. <laughs> and they just, the other guys keep ordering them because yeah. they need them, right? right? Yeah. And yeah. So it, all, like, it all works. Right. Like, okay. Yeah. But actually now I talked to Eric Porsche. He said the 19 cars definitely come. All the 19 cars are going to get shipped with our nets. Oh, in, cool. So. It's a it's a big thing for us, you know. Yeah, so right. Small yeah. business problems, like what, like when a when you start seeing a red flag like that, like there's you know there's 50 cup cars coming in, and you plan to like, from you going, we need to make 100 more of these things to actually being able to get them out the door. What kind of timelines are we talking about? Oh, sometimes it's just a couple of days. Oh, good. Okay, right, so right, you right. can jump on. Yeah, things we if can you need to. Yeah, Th that's kind of our specialty. It's like somebody calls up and needs a seatbelt that's eight inches longer. Some of the other bigger manufacturers can't do can't that because right. they're minimum supplies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And we yeah. can literally. Okay, so you can do a lot more bespoke stuff. Yeah, usually okay. it's same day. If I know early enough, we can oh, no we can actually turn stuff around That's the same awesome. day. Okay. Yeah. For sure. Where do I buy Safecraft seatbelts? Off our website, safecraftracing.com. And the only thing on there is my cell number. You call me on my cell. No sh Yep. Even today. Even today. Cool. So if you're listening, <laughs> yeah. first person to send a uh, Kenny Powers gift to Charles Espinob. Gets a T-shirt. Oh, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Seriously, Kenny Powers gift. <laughs> and it's a, a set of seatbelts. How's that? 
You're just <laughs> going to give away a set of seatbelts? We're happy just to give a shirt, but if you yeah, want to give yeah. a seatbelt, you have right at it. If somebody, you know. Gives yeah. you a Kenny Powers. You're going to get a Kenny Powers. We're not making this up. Okay. You're yeah. going to get a Kenny Powers. I, you know what I a will gift? trade a Kenny Powers t-shirt for a set of braces. No, 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 no. Do you know what a gift is? <laughs> no. Okay. You're going to get the weirdest text messages on your phone <laughs> for about a week. And then progressively for the next indefinite. Indefinite. Okay. Yeah. For life, you're going to be you're okay with this. Game on. Right okay, on. so okay. you go to And you're good with Kenny Craft. Powers? You know who Kenny Safecraft Powers is? SafeCraftRacing.com. SafeCraftRacing.com. <laughs> the only phone number is yourself. Text the that cell number. The only number on there is myself. 813. Okay. Kenny Powers gift. You get a, a Dinner right. Tracers t-shirt. Okay, we, w- we will need you to send us screen grab. Do you know how to screen grab mm-hmm. stuff? Yeah. yeah. Okay. We're gonna need I'm not that old. Come on. Just making <laughs> sure, man. Really? Just making sure. Just making sure. I did learn that last year. Well, speaking of... Safety, yeah. innovation. Did you know there's a jail for dogs? I have not heard of the jail for dogs. Yeah, apparently uh, they can get locked up for uh, barking and entering. All right, way too much racing. Yeah, I actually wanted to talk something about uh, kind of serious. You're, you and your dad were in a plane crash together Yeah. when you were like 20. Uh, yeah. And he didn't survive. No. And that was, was uh, just the two of you? Yeah. Are you talking so, about it? Yeah, no, I am. No problem. Eric was like, don't ask him about that. Oh, really? Like, I think Charles would understand why I'm asking. It's, it's another part of my life that helped steer me towards things and safety and whatever. And my dad had a lot to do with, you know, he was a very concerned with safety and, and uh, taught me a lot of stuff about how to properly, you know, the airplane mechanic, you prep things properly, yeah, right? Time. So, right. Um, and yeah, as it was you said, he's life lifelong love for aviation. Yeah. Your dad. Loved it. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, it's it, he... Obviously, it was a tragic thing, and it was sad. But in you know, knowing my dad, and he died doing what he loved to do. Right. Right. So, you know, he he had a good run and uh, thing. So, any, yeah, we were uh, actually I had gone and taken a helicopter lesson that morning, and then we were drove over uh, to an airport not too far from here to take the tow plane up to fly up to the top of Tampa Airport where we had the glider operation. Okay. And back to no seatbelt. This is kind of interesting. Um, so the, it's a L-19 Cessna, right? So it has a, it's a high wing, uh, pretty powerful plane that they used in Korea as a spotter plane. Okay, yeah, sure. So you remember like Bat-21, that movie? Yeah. That yep. plane, the one plane that they got I, I think I know exactly what you're talking about. So yeah, it's yeah. A, that's that plane, L-19. Very powerful, so really good for towing things. But mm-hmm. they, uh, my dad had a partner, and they had taken some hel- uh, parachuters up the day before, so they had the back seat out, and he didn't know. So when we showed up, there wasn't a back seat in the thing, you know? And it's like, eh, you get... You know, eh, whatever, we're only flying 10 minutes, whatever, just sit, you know, in the back. So I just jumped in the back, and uh, that's when bad things happen, right? And I remember saying to my dad, I said, well, you better not crash. He goes, oh, I remember, I'll try extra hard not to crash. Right, right. And, of course, we had, you know, one in a million engine quit on takeoff just at the wrong point. This particular airport's on a canal, so there's some water and then some woods and stuff. And, uh, you know, when the engine quit, he did all the right stuff, and he pulled over, but there was a, a ditch and it had a little berm in it, and uh-huh. we hit the berm and nosed in. And, uh, you know, he was in the front and, uh, you know, hit his head on the dash and stuff. The, the seatbelt, he was wearing seatbelts and everything, but it's just, you know, I mean, the thing. Right. Me sitting in the back, I had a seatbelt on, but I wasn't sitting in the seat, sure. and I bounced around, um, which actually probably turned out to save my life, right. luckily. Um, I did get a crushed vertebrae in my back, yeah. and uh, so I was in the hospital for like three weeks. But the deceleration of you kind of moving around. Yeah, but yeah. me bouncing around, they yeah, were like, right. that's probably what saved your life. You yeah. know? And I'm like, yeah. funny enough, and I'm like, Arr. So, you know, it was, a, it was a pretty big deal. I was three days before my 19th birthday. Right. And, or my 20th birthday. And, uh, you know, 
once again, helicopters doing the whole thing. I mean, we, my dad, I mean, he, you know, we flew airplanes out of our yard. Right, right. You know, yeah. our little yard. That you yeah, saw. I've been. <laughs> and, you know, and he just, he was, uh, he was always on the edge, you know. He was like, you know, us in a race car, but in, in planes, you know. And that's not, that's not good. No. <laughs> if you see no, that drive. <laughs> and I mean, it's, uh, it's, uh, you know, my grandfather died in a, in a, Glider accident as well in Germany, and you know Gutlob survived. He actually didn't die right. or anything, but most of our lineage has passed away in airplanes. Right, you know? just that's that was the Espenlob way. Yeah, yeah. You, know, you you go to Germany and even now in Espenlob, it's known that. Yeah, know, right. That comes up pretty quickly. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it was one of those things, you know, and it you know, life changing deal. Yeah, um, and I assume it's one of these moments where, as soon as the action of the incident stops, you probably immediately knew what was going on. Yeah, yeah. You know, I knew, I mean, I was like, and I, I remember I cut the master off and I kind of, I opened the door and I, I, I remember falling. I like, I couldn't, I wasn't paralyzed, but you know, I was hurt yeah. and I fell down. And by then some guys had got there and they kind of drug me away. Yeah. And I remember thinking, yeah, it's, it's not good. you know, at that point I was, I was already kind of accepting the fact that yeah. what had happened and right. whatever. I mean, just moments from the incident. And uh, so my mom was, works for Delta. Okay. Um, she had been working for Delta for a while. She actually they had sent her to Japan for doing uh, training for when they were going to start flying to Japan. Okay. And then they had her ask her to transfer to Portland because that was going to be their base for right. Japan because she spoke Japanese and everything. So my dad and they were all planning to sell the property here and move to thing. I was you know living in an apartment. And so they were all planning. My mom was in Portland. Got the call. It was like 12:30 our time. Yeah. She got the call. Um, Delta held a plane for her in Portland so she could make the connection. Right. Or they held the plane in Salt Lake City. So they flew from Portland to Salt Lake City. They held the plane in Salt Lake City to get her to Tampa. And she was in Tampa by like five. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. you know, I mean, so Delta really, yeah, really, like, cool. was really yeah. you know, it's a good, great company. So. Was, I mean, it sounds like obviously she was used to flight, but was she okay with uh, just him flying and you being into racing cars? I mean, was she okay with sort of, you guys seem to have this pension for yeah, I think, thrill seeking a little bit. Yeah. And so there's one funny, the year before we had a two place glider. Which actually, I think Joe Foster's uncle bought. I'm still <laughs> trying to figure out if it's the same glider. That's funny. But we had this two-place glider, and that was like our last really. We did a bunch of. Uh, they have these distance records and stuff you can do in sailplanes. There's time, right. you know, and you you set up basically it's like a triangle. So you you know you fly to Atlanta to wherever to Savannah and back, right. and you can do it in a certain amount of time, and you can record the stuff, and you can get records and stuff. So we did quite a bit, father son trying to break these records sure. in Florida. So we flew this thing around a lot, and then. Um, <laughs> One of our last flights, we, he was going to sell it, and he's like, well, I'm not going to put it on a trailer and drive it home. Right. I'll fly it home. <coughs> we'll leave the trailer. We'll just land in the yard, right? Because yeah. that's what we do. Why not? Why wouldn't you land in a 900-foot <laughs> field with trees on each end? Right. <laughs> and always where we live, the sea breeze comes in from the ocean in the afternoon, so you get the west west wind, which is the shorter side of the trees on approach. Okay. So you're coming in from the east, and the, it, basically there was only power lines and some short trees that way. On the <coughs> other end is the lake side with the big, tall type right. cypress trees. Yeah. Well, you always want to land into the wind. So, of course, we get our way over there, and, of course, it's the one day that there's no – the sea breeze didn't come, and we're still getting winds from the east. So right. it's like it's, – well, the wind, it's not that windy, so we're, it's still better for us to land with a tailwind, even though – because it's whatever, right? So it's like, okay. So I remember my mom and, like, our friends were standing on the, right there on the side of the field, you know, and we're coming in. And it was like we came in, and it was obviously – we were hot. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're coming in hot, you know, and it's like he buries it in. We're on the break, and we're like and coming up to the trees. And I remember we both buried the, the yoke to the right. Right. Basically spun the thing. Right. Not, and we, I mean, it was like perfect. We tipped the wing, spun it, 
backwards and it came to a stop right at the tree line. Like nothing, no big deal. <laughs> and I remember my mom, she was standing there and you could see her and she just <laughs> turned around and walked. And I'm like, you're in trouble for that one. He goes, oh man, you don't even know. <laughs> she, you could tell she was really pissed. But I mean, she, you know, she put up with it her whole life. And I think when I started racing, she wasn't terribly happy about it. Yeah. She, uh, you know, when I got, I got out of college, of course, you know, she wanted me to go that route and, you know, like you all, all you want for your kids is be responsible and yeah. make good money and buy her a Mercedes, right? Sure, so, right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, and then I said, well, I'm going to do this racing thing, you know, and da-da-da-da, and then she was, you could tell she was, obviously, just for my safety, I'm, I'm right. more. And then I think once she started coming and she met Jim and Joe and she saw, like, the It's not just a bunch of hillbillies yeah, or anything. It's, yeah, it's, you know, everybody's working together and we're, you know, we're having a good time and right. learning a lot and it's something that I really had a passion in. And I think it, after that she's really settled in. She helped me a lot, you know, just with her support and she was always there. And There's a rumor that you made your own all-access hard card. I did not make that. I just used it. Oh, <laughs> that was the. How'd you get it? was a produced hard card. That's, that's my my. I love that. So, <laughs> real time, they have the great team, great, great team, awesome. Oh, is this time. the chicken roast hard the card? Chicken roast hard <laughs> card. <laughs> so, so for twenty five years or something ridiculous yeah. like this, Petey Cunningham has held a chicken roast at Road America for the World Challenge weekend, okay. where where they sponsor like literally 300 chickens being roasted and it's just like come make big a plate party and it's a big party there's beer the whole yard. it's like a thank you to the oh. fans and the other team Incredible. it's kind of like really really nice gesture that yeah. they pay for out of pocket like a whole effort there yeah yeah, yeah. it's oh, really yeah. It's, it's really cool notch. i mean it's yeah. as soon as you said that i knew because exactly, they make lanyard things and they give them out like hey you're obviously invited you're one you're of the other of teams so here's our sort of because it's like not that it's anything against the fans but it's supposed to be for the competitors yeah, 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 that make the series thing, so. yeah exactly and it's super cool yeah. but it does say like it says it says rtr or something and it has a cartoon chicken with like boxing gloves on. Right. i still have it, it right. has boxing gloves <laughs> on it and it says all access across the bottom <laughs> so i'm like we're sitting there drinking beer eating chicken and stuff and i'm you know i'm like you know what i'm gonna get into every track everywhere for the rest of the year using just this and they're like there's no Way you're gonna yeah. Use it. <laughs> yeah, there is. Everywhere we went, I went in the press room. I went up in the tower in New Jersey. I got into every track. Everywhere we went, no problem. With the all-access chicken, and sometimes every now and then they'd look at it and be like, "Hey, wait, wait let me see." And I'm like, "No, it's okay. It's all-access." Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Go oh, ahead. must be. Yeah. <laughs> so, I think we went to. It was really funny because now it became like a joke to see if I could yeah, actually you do it. it. Yeah. We were riding in. I was riding with Charlie and Diane, and we went into VIR. And we pull up, and the security guards, you know, it, you know there's a line because this guy is, like, going through the whole yeah, thing. Yeah. Right. VIR, you say? Yeah. <laughs> Just had this conversation. Right. They're very particular there. Yeah. So uh, I, I got another story about they're getting kicked out of there. <laughs> uh, so anyway, we pull up, you know, and he's looking. You know, check your ID and stuff. And so he's like, oh, yeah, you know. And Charlie's like, man, you're really thorough. You know, you're checking. He's like, oh, I got to be thorough. You know, you'd be surprised people try to get in here with all kinds of stuff, hotel keys, da -da -da, and Diane's looking at me. She's starting to laugh because right. she knows what I'm going to do, right? Right, right, right. Da -da -da -da, and he's going on about this and that, but nobody gets by me and, da -da 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 -da, <laughs> and all this stuff. And then he goes, oh, how about you? Back there, you got a pass? And I went, yep, all access. And he goes, okay, you guys are good. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing gets by me. But, yeah, that was my goal was to get in. All access chicken pass. What's, what's sad RCR. is there, there's probably somebody doing that now. Yeah. And we just f***ed it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah exactly. Because now every fan yeah. is going to go through with a hotel key you know, right, right. with a whole bunch. Right. You know. Well, got to keep those guys sharp. Yeah. yeah. You know, we're, you help, we're helping okay. make this system better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the first stories I heard about you, uh, I think I'd already met you a couple of times, but it was like Foster was telling someone else's story. Like, you got to meet our buddy Charles, man, he like kills 
12 foot pythons with a with his bare hands <laughs> and i'm like no he doesn't <laughs> like that's <laughs> like it's like because it was next day it was like a 15 foot python it was like a 30 foot python yeah. and then i saw the picture of it and i was like oh yeah that's that's a 12 foot python and it's like this big around and then i read the story about how you killed it how you jumped off the boat holding it basically trying to how did, what what's the deal Stupid adrenaline junkie, <laughs> <laughs> jackass move, right? right. So I, I go to the Everglades. I've been going to the Everglades for 25 right. years. Right. Okay. Fishing. I love the fish there. How it's far is that from here? About three hours. Three oh, so it's hours. not far at all. So it's the Everglades right. National Park. So you can right. go okay. in there and, and I mean, it's. And just it's, kill snakes. Well, yeah. well, the pythons we, aren't from here. From here, right? And they're it's an basically, deal. people have them as pets. They release and them. And they come out. And they start and eating and everything. They're, yeah, they're yeah, it's actually a problem. Yeah, they're doing well. Like yeah. <laughs> they've adapted quite well. Business is they're booming. Living their best Business life. Business is booming. Yeah. Hashtag. Um, yeah. So I mean, it's all just mangrove islands and shallow bays and all kinds of stuff yeah. down there. And of course, you know, you hear, you read about this python thing and you see it on the news and all this stuff. Right. You know, and I'm like, I'm gonna get a python. You know, you gotta get one. You gotta get yeah. one. So you're my buzzy. Remember buzzy? Yeah, buzz. Uh, buzzy uh, Roberts. Roberts. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So I had dinner with him the other night. But buzzy. So buzzy Roberts. Buzzy Roberts. Yeah. So uh, he's down. You know, I take. Thing. We're down there camping, and we're down yeah. there a couple of days, you know. So this is the first eight-footer, the small one. <laughs> so so I'm always looking for a python. I'm like, I'm going to get one. I'm going to get one. And my buddies say, oh, I saw one. I saw one. I'm yeah. like, did you get it? I'm like, I'm not touching that thing, you right, know, whatever. Right. And I'm like, ah. So I'm like, I read up a little bit about, you know. How basic. much dynamite you need or Yeah, whatever. whatever. <laughs> so um, we're down there one morning. We're heading to a fishing spot, and I just look across this bay, and I see this thing swimming. And I'm like, huh. So I turn. And Buzzy, to premise the story, is scared of snakes yeah. like yeah. so of course i get closer and i'm like oh crap it's a python yeah you know and it's swimming across this bay and the bay's down there they're only three or four feet deep you know whatever right and you know just a big thing and this thing's swimming so it's out in the middle and i'm like huh so as soon as we get close of course it dives down yeah and so i'm like and then it pops back up and i'm like i had you know i drive the boat over toward dive down so buzzy's got this on video right so okay. i'm just like i'll just chase this thing around the bay eventually it's going to get tired right yeah, yeah so i kept going up down up down up down down <laughs> finally it's like tired you can tell it's like things so i Go and I throw a towel over it and I grab it and then got a we have loppers to trim the trees and stuff like <coughs> chop the head and it was like not really a big deal and this thing yeah. this thing was eight foot yeah. and it weighed about twenty two pounds okay so <laughs> and of course Buzzy didn't weigh here but anyway so we turned it into the to the ranger station and then they do a DNA test on it so the thing was only two years old yeah and it had got eight feet eight feet that quickly that big and yeah. this was the furthest south they had ever seen one because it's very like okay. brackish saltwater down there, and they, they were like, "Man, we haven't seen one that far south." Right. That's not good because now maybe they're, they're moving. You know, yeah. 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 So anyway, we turned it in. And it was like, "Oh, that was kind of cool." Whatever. Yeah. So, a couple a year later or so, I take my buddy Scott, and I've known Scott since second grade. Okay. And we've done every stupid thing together, <laughs> and you can imagine, right? It's knowing somebody for that long. Right. So every year we go camping, a whole group of us or whatever. So. It's just his first time down there. And I remember when we were kids, we'd watch shows about fishing in the 10,000 Island, the Everglades, you yeah, know, right. so we're finally taking them. So, you know, I got a little charter business. So we do fishing stuff, you know, it's called Action Fishing Charters, another friend of mine, Frank. So I treated Scott like he was a client, right, okay. the whole time. You know, I'm like, we're loading the boat, and we're taking this, and I'm like, okay, we're going to do this, this. We're going to go to this campsite. We're going to set this up. You know, once we get set in, then whatever, you know. Da, da, da. So then we're going, I'm like, Mr. Lele, what would you like to, to see on your Action Fishing Charter today? And he goes, I want to catch a snook. Like, oh, no problem. So I'm motor, 10 minutes, pull into this thing, cast over there, poof, catches a snook. Right. Like, you know, I mean, it was like, yeah. you couldn't write this stuff. 
So then I'm like, oh, Mr. Lee, what, what else would you like to do on your action fishing charter today? You know, and I'm like, oh, I want to catch a tarpon. I'm like, oh, no problem. You know, I'm motor over <laughs> here. He catches a tarpon. We see a bald eagle fly by. And I'm like, there's a bald eagle. There's this. You know, <laughs> what else? You know, and the, so the whole weekend I'm like, oh, what else would you like to see on your action right. fishing charter? This and we catch you know all these cool little fish and see the birds <coughs> this and that. And one time we were going down this small creek and there was a. I'm on the front on the little electric motor. And yeah. the creek's about as wide, and there's about a seven-foot alligator coming, and he's sitting in the back, I think, drinking a Coke or something. And this alligator's coming, and it's not going to back up, and yeah. it's freak, you know, it's freaking out because like the things, it, yeah. there's nowhere for it to go because the boat's about as wide as the creek. Right. So I'm like, oh, crap. And the thing starts coming up, and it comes, you know, and the, my boat has gunnels on the side to walk, and yeah. it pops up and starts running down the gunnel, and I'm like, hey, watch out. Uh-oh. And he's like, oh, crap. <laughs> and the thing, you know, and it just wants to get away, so right. it just runs right off the back of the boat. and. Nope. I'm like, <coughs> what, uh, what nope. else What do you like to see on your action fishing charter? And he goes, well, I don't want to see that again. So <laughs> we pull into this nice place, and there's a, a little cut. And I said, you know, I got the push pole so real quiet. And I said, cast up around the corner. There's usually some redfish there. Sure enough, he catches a nice redfish. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, you know, the, so we go to another place. And on the way back out from fishing way back up in the, in the woods. How do you know all this? You're f***ing Tarzan. What just <laughs> happened? Like, <laughs> like, we were talking about racing cars. And now it's like, oh, yeah, no, I know where uh, to find. That surprised me after spending <laughs> a couple of no, no, I, I believe everything <laughs> you're saying, but it's like, you're naming, like, I'm not an outdoorsman, right. admittedly, but, like, I don't know what the f*** half these fish are that you're talking <laughs> right. about, but you just say, oh, yeah, no, just this, this part of the bay, and yeah. there's yeah. a f***ing tarpon or whatever that, <laughs> I don't know what the fish. Sh- that is, but. <laughs> Two fish, whatever you All right, go on. So, anyway, we're coming back out, and I said, hey, let's hit that spot again on the way out, and, of course, um, Scott's been married to Lori, they're high school sweethearts, been married forever, yeah. Blah blah blah, but she's real always worried about him, you know. And yeah. of course, we don't can't don't have any cell service back there. And I told her, I said, we'll be out by, you know, three o'clock. Yeah. Yada yada. We'll call you when we get out. Da, 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 da. But here's a number. If you don't hear from us for like four or five hours, call this number, and then they'll come and look for us because maybe there's something wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so we were planning completely to be out by like one o'clock at this point. Right. right. So we have plenty of time to, you know, so Lori doesn't worry. So anyway, we're coming out, and he goes, "Holy shit, look at the size of this snake!" So sure enough, I come around the corner and. There's that 12-foot python. And yeah. I'm going to premise this, that this is in wintertime, right? So it's cold. Yeah. And they don't move as fast as they do when it's oh, warm. Sure. And yeah. this is kind of a colder climate for them. So they're kind of at the extreme of what they can handle. Yeah. yeah. So this thing's laying in the water in the sun which to, to get warm. Right. I mean, it's huge. Yeah. Like yeah. dramatically bigger than the other it's one. And I'm like. 12-foot python. Have you so seen I'm a picture of it? No, but I know what a 12-foot python looks like. This, this isn't. You think I you don't do. want to see this. <laughs> yeah. It, uh, we, well, we were literally just with one. <coughs> that's, uh, that's the boat. Yeah, so that's a 16-foot boat. Oh, f- no, I'm six foot with my my reach. <laughs> Good Christ! It was actually like almost 13. It was like 12. I mean, we had we had now. our not being funny, but we had our animal show. You know, <laughs> we do a live show. Yeah, we did a live show <laughs> with a Burmese python not too long ago. Yeah. So, but go on. Yeah. Um, so anyway, the adrenaline. The, the thing is, like, you know, they're bad for the environment. And, da, 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 and the rangers yeah. really like it when you you can when you murder they, pythons. Well, they want you to tell them where they're at, so at least they can yeah. know that there are certain areas. Yeah, yeah. Right. Tell, so if you, tell if the you, trained professionals. Yeah, if you can tell them where they're at, I get this. This, perfectly this thing ca- perfectly capable of killing humans right. in, a, in a couple of squeezes. But so I'm, you know, when I turn in the eight footer, you know, the head guy down yeah. there, and uh, you know, it's like you stick in their mind. So next time you, hey, how's it, hey, and yeah, when they oh pull yeah, you over, they're like, oh, hey, I'm, yeah. you know, and they're you're the race car guy, you know, right. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. so you get a little I mean, bit of a relationship. Clearly, he's from like the Hawaiian Islands, this guy. <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. uh, yeah. <laughs> so um, the uh, so anyway, I'm like. Let's get it. And he's like, what do we do? And I said, well, let's try to pin it with the pole. And, da, 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 and if right. not, we'll chase him around. Well, this bay that we're in, it's only like maybe 15, 18 inches. Right. It's very shallow. Yeah. And I said, you know, let's see what he does. So I stick him with the push pole. <laughs> and, of course, he takes off instantly out in the thing. So <laughs> I'm like. I would, too. <laughs> yeah. yeah he so I'm chasing stabbed. him with the trolling motor, and he's swimming. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, we gotta, we'll keep him in. But this bay is a lot smaller than the one we did with the air footer. So I'm like 
corralling him around, corralling him around, and he's diving, diving, you know. And uh, it actually turned out to be a her. But so anyway, it's a thing, and it finally figures out, screw you, I'm just going to go into the mangroves. Right. So it starts heading towards the mangroves, so I grab the tail. <laughs> and it's it's going and then you know of course it's face. Yeah, it's not, there's face. Nothing. Just I like, don't know what I'm listening to because this is I grew up in the suburbs of San Francisco. <laughs> I live in Pasadena. <laughs> Your face. My, I used to be an annual pass holder at Disneyland, and that was fun for me. That was fun. Like, I've never seen you make that. Face. Yeah, I don't know what to make. Like, just like just this man. Just, oh my. Just, just by the yeah. yeah. I, I'm not around too many snake murderers. Right. So I don't know what to say. So, Go on. So anyway, I grab the tail <laughs> and I'm like, all right, we'll just I'll just keep it from going up there, right? So it starts. <laughs> right. No, I don't oh, know. Yeah, because sure. Why wouldn't I? Yeah. And so of course it it's kind of pulling the boat and pulling, and then it finally gets up to the, where it's into the tree, and now it can really pull because it's got like trees to pull against and stuff. Right. So I'm like, oh crap, I'm gonna have to. I said I I can't hold it much longer. I said I either got to go with it or let go. <laughs> and I look up at Scott, and Scott's looking at me like, what are you doing? he didn't say anything, but I'm like, well, we've been friends for so long, we've done every stupid thing. He's like, you. If you let go, I'm going to kick your ass or something, right? So right, I'm like, right. yeah, all right. So I jump in, and then I'm like, okay, now. <laughs> jump in. And it's like, you know, the, it's muddy and stuff. So now I got my legs in the mud, and I'm like, okay, now I got some leverage. I can hold them. Right. No. He no. just started dragging me into the thing. Yeah, it's a 12-foot f***ing python. It's a 12-foot stupid python. And this, right. is th- this is where I'm not the smartest guy in the world. And I admit I would not do this again. But once again, adrenaline is, ex- I'm like, I'm going to beat this. You're, right. you're a racer. You want to yeah. win. Got to win. So <laughs> I'm next thing I know, I'm in the mangroves with this thing. And I'm like look back and I can't see Scott anymore <laughs> and the boat and I'm sitting there going well what the heck I'm right. not I, I'm like like it's not even killing for sport this is pride yeah like, oh yeah it's like totally. this guy's not yeah. gonna beat me right yeah I'm gonna take its life so but now is, you're on his turf and yeah, yeah. now yeah, 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 so yeah. now wait, I'm sitting here going wait. well wait a minute maybe it put, brought me in here on purpose yeah, yeah, yeah like a posse of pythons <laughs> yeah and I'm like you. oh crap so then with bows and arrows I always carry this is I was gonna say I know you have a knife right right yeah so I'm like okay I got a knife so I pulled it out and I reached up and I cut it and of course, instantly it turns around and starts <laughs> coming back at me. Yeah. Well, well fortunately, it it's around a tree, so it's 12 foot, but it's around the tree. So now it's like this, and it's and I'm like, <laughs> and I'm screaming. This, I'm like, Scott, dude, I pissed it off. It is freaking that. Right, right. And he's like, I can't even see where you're at, you know. And I'm like, Ugh. and he's so he starts yelling, and then all of a sudden the thing turns and goes towards him. Okay. So I'm like, cool. So I let go, and, it, and I'm just like, it's heading your way. And he's right. like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so sure enough, it pops out. So he's out there with the stick again. Yeah. And then by then I catch back up, and then <laughs> it's. You know, now it's in the water and it's biting the, our pole and doing all this stuff. Poor thing, fighting for its <coughs> life. And uh, finally, it starts bleeding out and I cut it again, and then it finally weakened up, and then we killed it as quick as we could. Right. So I'm laying, sitting in the water with this thing, holding it. Yeah. And I said, Mr. Lee, what else would you like to see on your action <laughs> fishing charter today? And he goes, Take me the f home. <laughs> so we we uh, we hauled it back and turned it into the ranger, and it turned out it was um, six year old female, and it had been born there. Because they, you know, they have the DNA, yeah. so they can trace its roots, and it was right. it was born in the in the park, and was like a major thing. So I got big brown brownie points with the ranger, but I would never do it again. It was totally dumb. And <laughs> so there are some tr- people in the paddock that I'm friends with that are just like they're just purely trackside friends, and other people you sort of hang out with afterwards. Right. Yeah, you're gonna be a trackside friend. <laughs> yeah. I'm not. Not not going like, hey, we're going out with Espen Lab tonight. I'm good. I'm not doing I'm that. Gonna, not doing I'm that. gonna watch Better Call Saul in the hotel room. <laughs> Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> Great show. Yeah. All right. So we do a pass along question. Might as well get this out of the way. But we are going to talk about New Year's. Oh, God. Um, so last night we sat down with Ryan DL. There are other people here. I like okay. I was like, yeah, yeah. they're going to murder us. So last night we sat down with Ryan DL. I don't know if you know him hmm? that well. Oh, yeah. I, I'm sorry. Who? Oh, Razzle Dazzle. Razzle Dazzle. Okay. Right. 
Right. And uh, he didn't really know what to ask you. So his question was, um, do you like me? Brian, yeah. He's had a good relationship with Chris New. I don't know him. Like, I mean, we haven't hung out a lot. or anything. I mean, I've talked to him. And yeah. Well. <laughs> Chris Newer is a good friend with him, and every time I've dealt with him, you know, he's a great driver, obviously, and never had a – I've never had an on-track issue with him, sure. which is rare. So, yeah, cool. yeah I like him. Yeah. I like him a lot. I think he does a really good job. That's all he wanted to know. Yeah, uh, that's it. That's all he wanted. Yeah. yeah. All right. So normally, uh, let's just admit it. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, normally, we'd say, okay, our next guest is so-and-so, when you would ask a question to them. Uh, this is a little bit of a, this trip is a little bit different in terms of how we plan because it, we normally do this as one giant road trip. We've been so busy with our own day jobs the last month that our schedule's all over the place. We actually don't know in our adventure who we're going to sit with it's, next. Yeah, possibly uh -huh. Oz Negri, which he did. It could be Oz Negri. Around. It could be Vic Elford. Yeah. Uh, it could be Don Garlitz. We don't, I mean, we really don't know. Um, so if you could just ask any generic <laughs> guest, they're not all drivers either, mm -hmm. and it doesn't have to be a racing question for sure. Uh, if you could ask just anyone who came onto our podcast a random question, what would it be? What is the uh, deciding factor that got you involved in motorsports? Sure, it's fair. That's uh, all you can ask if you don't know who it is. So, what years was uh, the infamous? I've been trying to think about it while we've been sitting here. I think it was 05, 06. Was it that long ago? I thought it was a little bit more recent. 06, 07? It was definitely. Mid two thousands. Jeez, I, I was hoping it was like oh nine, no, ten. It's no. that long ago. No. All right. So, the group was myself, Lally, Foss, Gunner. Gunner. There's a bunch of girls. Uh, bunch of girls. Girlfriends and dates and stuff. And uh, little Foss came once. Little Foss was there. Yeah. I think he came yeah. both years. Didn't Did he? he come both years? Most likely. Yeah. Um, and then like your local friends. Mm -hmm. some, some of them. Yeah, a bunch of local guys. And this was before you had, like, redone the house. Right. So it had shag carpeting. Yep, still had the shag carpet like from 1979. Right, some wood paneling going on. Wood paneling. You know, my my right dad built the house from scratch in the 70s, so right. it had all the proper 70s. <coughs> and it's on, like, you live right on a lake. Right. You know. Yeah. And uh, you have Spanish moss trees, mm -hmm. like, hanging over the property. And cypress trees, super, yeah. super cool layout. And we brought, like, the first year... I'd say like $1,000 in fireworks. In a shopping cart. In a shopping cart that we stole from the fireworks store mm -hmm. that had shopping carts. We just loaded it right in the side of the van we rented, brought it to the house. And a public shopping cart with groceries because they got all the groceries yeah. and stuff. Yeah, well, the, the thought was is that the, the shopping cart from Publix is plastic. And we had done this with the Home Depot one at the house. So it melts. And it's really like kind of a beautiful fire as it's dripping wax, you know, into the fireplace or, you know, fire, fire pit. pit. Yeah. yeah. So we start out launching fireworks like normal people do, you know, like pointing them over the lake. And then we start out kind of like pointing them a little lower. <laughs> and the next thing you know, it's literally like who can put something in someone's Some pocket, right. you know, or like full on yeah, 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 fireworks. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> and I remember uh, somebody took, you know, how the, the uh, bottle rockets come in like the twin load, like yeah, uh, yeah, package thing, thing, take them apart. And yeah. You take them out, you shoot them one at a time yeah. in theory. Yeah. Well, I think it was Little Foss had a blowtorch. Map gas torch. Yeah. Yeah. And he would literally <coughs> wait till no one's looking. And he'd just, like, slide all these, like, you know, 500 bottle rockets onto the floor in the bottom below the house, which is concrete, like where a car would park. And he'd light them immediately all at once with a blowtorch and then kick it. So they all just go in every direction. And it there's, was like, 15 people standing out there drinking, like, yeah. And it's just, like, no one's safe. No. It yeah. was like fireworks roulette. Yeah. Literally what it was. Fireworks roulette. <laughs> yeah. And this is, like, at his house. Right. <laughs> and <laughs> where you he lives. All make a living 
<laughs> on the ability to have all of your extremities, all of your digits. Like, yeah. this is actually part of your job, right. all yeah. of you. Yeah. Like, we could have shut down half of the sports car paddock. Yeah, and yeah. One, one by, by kicking one off night. a bunch of bottle rockets. Yeah. At one point, uh, some, I'm not going to say which driver it was. Okay, I'll say the name for, the, for here, but you have to bleep yeah. it out. But and his chick at the time were hooking up in the van we rented. We didn't know that. All right. we knew was we had been drinking, and it'd be really funny to shoot a Roman candle up an exhaust pipe of a rental car into a van. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, if you timed it right, if you're our friend, <laughs> could be a hell of a finish. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> but here's the thing. We didn't know he was in there. I'm aware. So here this. we are like, let's go shoot Roman right. candles into How this van. How new was this exhaust. relationship with him? What's that? How new was this relationship for him? It's a while, I think. Yeah. Okay, it wasn't yeah. like, guys. No, no, no. no, 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 no. Like the She's first no, no. And that. they're like right, totally yeah. thinking they're getting away with like, hey, let's go hook up in the van while yeah, no one's yeah, paying yeah. attention. And we dis we're disappeared. But again, we have no idea we're in there. Yeah. So we're like shoving Roman candles in the exhaust and you hear it going up and tink, tink. And we're just like laughing our ass off. And then out of nowhere, you hear like, get the f*** out. <laughs> the van starts shaking. We're like, someone's in there. So then we run away. And then <laughs> this chick come running out like, what the f***? guys and we're like what what are you doing <laughs> that's just like one of the many things we did oh it was great but we lit the spanish moss on fire on one of your trees mm -hmm. and it was like just creeping up you know the top and i remember you're like hitting it with the hose and as you're hitting it with the hose like it's climbing to the point where it doesn't reach anymore right. so now we've got to like run the hose up into his kitchen through the through the living room out onto the porch so you put the tree out that's on fire, fire. and that was like no, it's yeah, like, 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 like 7.30 at night. At <laughs> Literally, he's like, all right, that's out. Back to it. <laughs> yeah, right back into <laughs> it. You know, like if a cop showed up, he'd be like, Who, whose house is this? He would have never known right. whose it was because right. just everything's on fire. Everything was cool. Yeah. There's still marks. like a, So like like a big, huge plate windows on the back that overlook the lake. Yeah. And there's still marks that I like etched the glass from like the Roman candle. The day stuff hitting it. Like every time right. I wiped the windows out, I'm like, oh, yeah, that was that year. <laughs> So the first year it was like you know thing, and then the second year we did it, it just escalated that much more. That's yeah. why I said, okay, that's it. Yeah. Because <laughs> if it, because it, it doubled from the first year to the second right. year, and I said if it doubles again, my whole neighborhood's going to be burned. Right. Right. And you, I'm going to guess you don't have the compulsion control to say no. guys. No, no he was right, no, no. right in the middle. Yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. second year yeah, yeah. we had, I put a because it's a two, big two story yeah, house, yeah, yeah. and the only way to get on the roof is with a ladder. So I put a ladder yeah. there, and we had a hose on the roof yeah. in case the tree yeah, cut yeah. on first, <laughs> so we could be up higher. Just you know, because you got to prepare for these. The first year we didn't know what was. Gonna happen. Coming. Yeah. Right. We didn't bring fireworks from Georgia or anything. We got them. Yeah. We were yeah, like, yeah. oh, we might as well get some funnel rockets or whatever. Yeah. And then everybody got like you know a little trigger so happy like, at the store. The second so year like you've was had like, to like right. you've had to find sponsors and uh, you know what I mean. And like you got your chip now for having house parties. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. And that was the, that was that the was end, of, the end of, that. of that. That was I'm like okay. And my neighbors, like I said, they still talk about that. Yeah. I mean like. Yeah, because they were probably pissed. No, they were right there with us. Okay. You've walked away from street racing, plane crash. Fireworks, like Years. you should never leave your house. Yeah, because like yeah. you've used all of your lottery tickets. Uh, yeah, oh yeah. Like yeah. that, that the, the the roulette's only got so many more spins. Yeah, I'm actually very cautious. I know it doesn't sound like it, but I don't do things that are yeah, I can not tell. thought out. <laughs> As I'm getting older, uh, I'm, I'm realizing. Let's go back to the let's go back to the python. <laughs> yeah, story. So I got him by the tail. Yeah, <laughs> by the tail. <laughs> it's, it's, it's facing my me. My thought was, I'll cut it. <laughs> That's not I'm gonna cut it. Uh, yeah, that wasn't the smartest thing. So you learn. You live and learn, right? right. You survive things. You Trial survive air. fires, airplane yeah. crashes, sure. and yeah, then you yeah. learn, and then you can yeah, pass we, that uh, knowledge on to other people. The, the term is – actually, no, it's natural selection. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's actually how that works. So. Gotcha. Awesome. Yeah. Good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Well, you, you, you're, you 
haven't listened to any of these in, in their. Uh, hasn't seen all. Of them. I haven't, I haven't seen. seen all I haven't of them. seen any of them. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard a couple of them. Um, so you're gonna you're gonna get some Kenny Powers gifts. Good. Uh, in in a few weeks, and uh, those people will have heard what it's like to sit down to dinner with you. What what was your hope sitting down with us tonight? Like, what do you want people to know about the Charles Esmond Law? Oh. You know, just a passion for motorsports, and I love the people that I met, and really looking forward to sitting down and talking with you guys, especially Ryan. I mean, it's thanks. He's always done a. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know you that well. I mean, I, I, I don't need you. I man. love <laughs> what you do and your wit and stuff. And kudos to keep doing a good job on all that for sure. I was but being a dick. I was Ryan is you know, it's we, cool to see because he's basically 15 years behind. I don't right. know, how old are you now? 34. 34. Yeah. So, yeah, you're about 15 years behind me, and it's fun seeing you and the hard work that you've done, and it's cool. Thanks, man. I'm, I'm one of your biggest fans. We in fact, have I have a Sharpie, and I brought my racer magazine because you're going to sign it for me. Oh, yeah. Oh, look at that. I still haven't seen this article, oh, yeah. by the way, oh, so yeah. I'm finally excited yeah. to look yeah. at it. I, I actually lucked in. I you know, just like get a stack of magazines, yeah. and I'm whenever I take shit, I go read magazines. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm out of town so much, I'm like going through my magazines, and I'm like, I, I'm a oh, racer. And I'm like, get the out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> my my dad just texted me yesterday, right? Like, cause he's got the subscription, yeah, but he hasn't read it. Yeah. I like didn't think to tell him. He's like, right. oh, hey, yeah, Ryan is in a thing. I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. look closer, also, Dad. It's not just Ryan. Yeah, you're meant <laughs> yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. The article. It's good. So. <laughs> and you know, I text you. Yeah, you win something. We still we good. have it. We have a goal that we're yeah. going to drive something together. Yeah, that's like we've been talking about this for years now. Because we were trying to get Lee and Lee Davis and yeah. Charlie paired up. Paired up, yeah. So oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, they like already. You're totally parent trapping them. You're totally parent trapping them. That's amazing. Exactly what we're trying to do. All right. cool. We got an empty restaurant and a bunch of angry Cubans looking at us. Yeah. And he's gone. Yeah. He's not singing anymore, so yeah. we got to go. Yeah. Humberto? Humberto, Humberto is over. Yeah. Humberto. You shut him down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Cool. I appreciate it, guys. I mean, this is – I'm yeah. surprised. I, you yeah. should be honored. I am. I'm <laughs> very <laughs> honored. I'm very honored. Yes, yeah, right. Jesse. I was like, wow. Well, I mean, look at these guys they've interviewed. I'm like, yeah. you can uh, You can thank uh, Continental because they got the check. Yay! If you take anything away from that episode, it's to text Charles Espenlob a Kenny Powers gif. Please text him a Please. Kenny Powers gif. He has no idea. <laughs> I'm so excited about the first one. <laughs> Safecraftracing.com. Look up the website. Look up the number. Kenny Powers. Make it happen. World. So, once again, you guys are unbelievable. We have had so many texts, tweets, Facebook messages, DMs, everything about buying Continental Tires and then posting it, as well as Acuras and Hondas, and that's what's keeping this show alive. So thank you, everybody, that's doing that. It seriously is a big, big deal and a big part of keeping this show on the road. I will not be happy until we have a lunch with Sam Elliott. Okay. So if anyone here is connected to Sam Elliott. Anyone at all. Please help us get in touch. And you don't care how we get in touch. Just want it to happen. Okay. And we'd like to have lunch with him. We, can we play some music now? Yes. Okay. This is Yahimaria, that is Y-A-H-I-M-A-R-I-Y-A. You can find her on SoundCloud. This is Same Way.
Until you said you was gonna keep it real with me Steady asking me why I'm asking questions, you say I'm crazy now And boy, you made me this way And I've been through it all before And it ain't nothing for you to give a place and hit the door I don't got no time to play Baby, just know two can play the same game And doing whatever you wanna do It's cool, cause I can act the same way too I don't got no time to play Baby, just know two can play the same game And doing whatever you wanna do It's cool, cause I can act the same way too you see me calling, you really wildin' like I'ma pop out and embarrass you in front of your friends. I don't do the same shit to you, but if I did, how would you feel? If I'm just coming home whenever I like and really have no chill, always ignoring and got your homies telling what I do. Entertaining these hoes and you really don't got a clue. But I want this shit for real. Just tell me how you feel, or we could just act. Two can play the same game And doing whatever you wanna do It's cool, cause I can act the same way too I don't got no time to play Baby, just know two can play the same game And doing whatever you wanna do It's cool, cause I can act the same way too